The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. And welcome to the final post pay-per-view edition of On to the Next One here in the year of our Lord 2021 following an incredible UFC 269 event in Las Vegas. A card that had it all. The thrill of victory, the agony of defeat, career-altering moments for some, emotional crossroads for others. One of the biggest upsets in MMA history, prospects emerging and much more. This one had it all. And as tired as we are, we are excited to fire this up this week for the 71st time. I am Mike Heck, and joining me as always, the co-host, the co-matchmaker, the POP, and my best friend, Mr. Alexander Kaylee. AK, we only get to do this matchmaking thing two more times this year, and what a ride 2021 has been, hasn't it? It's been a, it's been a ride uh, enjoyable at times, my best friend. Uh, quite miserable at other times, of course, depending on who you are, depending on your situation. Uh, it's almost a shame, you know, because you kind of mentioned like just what made the card so great is how much storylines are coming out of it. It's almost a shame that we have another card coming up. I would never begrudge, you know, fans for enjoying another another uh, card that will be free with I shouldn't say free, but you guys in the U.S. ESPN Plus subscriptions free for us in uh, in Canada on on TSN, but um. It's almost like it would be cool if they could have ended on this emotional capper. You know what I mean? If they ended on 269, it's like, man, a new, one of the greatest upsets we've ever seen. Uh, a, a, a definitive answer to who is the best lightweight in the world right now. Um, and again, it, I'm sure, look, I'm sure we'll have storylines next, next week. Lewis Dacus has, has implications. Uh, Wonderboy Thompson's fighting, you know. That's going to be a big step up fight for Bilal Muhammad. And there's other storylines going in. It's actually a really nice card um, next week, but... 
but it's I don't think it's going to match the emotional and dramatic impact of 269 and how could it so uh, it would be very fun if this could have been the, the UFC's uh, farewell to 2021 but maybe other people will see it another way that it'll actually be nice to kind of have one last chill sesh with you know the MMA community before we head off into, into the new year it's a house money card for the UFC I don't sure. think anyone is has very high expectations I think they're just going to watch it just to watch it um and then after that, we get Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley in the same day. Oh, yes. So there's going to be. See, so is, that's where the emotion is, comes this from. This is what I'm saying, though. Wouldn't you rather end the year on 269 than whatever happens at. at, uh, at even if Woodley KOs Jake Paul, it just. The whole thing will still just have this icky feeling to it. So I, 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 I wish we could have ended on 269. Maybe, well, and like you said, it's, it's free money. If, if next week's card is bad. We won't. We won't remember. If it's great, it's great. If it's bad, we won't even remember it. We'll remember 269 as sort of the way the UFC capped off 2021. I think you have to end every every calendar year with the Derek Lewis fight, and then it just doesn't matter. <laughs> like you just that that's the last impression you get mm-hmm. inside the octagon. Because even if Derek Lewis has like it's just not a fun fight, it's okay. It's Derek Lewis. He's going to say something funny after and leave us with uh with some fun. But speaking of fun, speaking of positivity, let us begin with Charles Dubronx Oliveira. He was vindicated, AK, as the best lightweight on the planet. You were vindicated for saying as much for quite some time. He took over the fight in the second round after a tough first against Dustin Poirier. The fight seemed to be going the way a lot of people thought it might go, but Oliveira overcomes. He submits Dustin Poirier in the third round, and he retains the lightweight championship of the world. There's not much to decipher here from a matchmaking perspective. Justin Gaethje is next in line, and what a fight it shall be. Was I really the only? Am I really the only Oliveira number one guy? I, I am, aren't I? And it, that, was it always? I thought there was someone he else. He was. The, uh, I thought maybe one other person. I who don't. I'm looking at the rankings. Oliveira they might have. I don't know. I, I, you would think so. You would think that that traitorous uh, Guillermo Cruz would. Uh, no, <laughs> I, I'm looking. I'm looking at the, the most recent rank. Kings now he had four a number one so it was just me but by, by the time uh by the time december rolled around i don't know if that changed and, and look for good reason uh four a a great fighter uh and most people assuming he could have been the champion earlier this year if he wanted to he chose to take some massive money fights with uh conor mcgregor no one can blame him for that and i'm sure he doesn't regret it even after after last night but um yeah i was the only Oliveira for first place vote uh but uh yes it's good to see that uh the you know he's our number one ranked guy he got to fight the UFC champion, and in this case, the UFC champion triumphed and will now, you know, unquestionably be the number one ranked guy, and that's great. Um, yeah, look, it's pretty obvious. I, I, I don't, I'm not going outside the box here. Let's just say it. Justin Gaethje should be next. I know some people want to see, uh, you know, uh, Makachev get the shot sooner if he beats Darius, but that's fights what in February or something. Yes, I think that's a long wait. That's a long wait. I have a feeling Oliveira will be ready to go by March, like the latest. Um, or I should say as early as March, let me put it that way. It could be like March or April, but as early as March, he'll probably be ready. It's time for him and Justin Gaethje. Uh, another another great style matchup for him. Another guy who I think Oliveira maybe now with a little more respect will be favored, but a lot of the same problems as Poirier. You get hit by Gaethje enough times, you're going down the first round. So I don't know how many first round punch flurries Oliveira can withstand. <laughs> I mean, his last two fights... Easily could have gone the other way, uh, and I don't know if he survives one from Gaethje, but I certainly want to find out, and I think a lot of people do. So um, yeah, Oliveira Gaethje—that's the way to go, right? Yeah, incredible performance from Oliveira, and outside of Poirier having his moments in the first and really stinging Oliveira, the fight actually played out 
the way I thought it would for the first half because I thought Oliveira would have a lot of success early. I thought he would have Poirier in trouble early. He would win rounds, maybe the first two, maybe even the first three. And I didn't, and I thought Poirier would sort of kind of turn the tables. I definitely didn't expect Poirier to come out as strong as he did. I thought he would shine more down the stretch in the championship rounds by being the one to actually overcome Oliveira. That didn't happen. Oliveira takes big punishment. He survives. He shot a lot of people up. And that fight with Justin Gaethje is just going to be amazing. Now, as far as Dustin Poirier goes, AK, I know we throw out the word crossroads a lot in MMA, but he literally is at a professional and life crossroads right now after this fight. The guy is incredibly talented. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's had an incredible year. He's made a lot of money. He's a family man charitable man but there's going to be that emptiness of what this loss will bring him for a long long time he's a very competitive dude and he said essentially i can go on another run get to another title fight but do i want to and that's a question he's going to have to answer and that's a question he thinks he's going to have an answer for pretty soon so in your heart of hearts ak do you think he will want to and if the answer is yes who might he find himself inside the octagon with next? Mr. Poirier, take some time off. Rest, relax, enjoy all the money you made this year. I'm sure you did very, very, very well. Uh, look after your charities, you know, just be the good dude that you uh, that you are known to be. And just wait around for Conor McGregor. Make some more money. That's that's what you you know that's what you're doing in twenty in twenty twenty two. You're making some more money. Uh, again, it could be a while before McGregor's back. We don't know. You know, if you ask uh, McGregor, I'm sure he'll say, oh, I'll be ready. I'll be ready by February or whatever. But again, there's a lot of complications with these these sort of injuries sometimes. But best case scenario, if he's back anytime in the first six months, or I say ready to be booked anytime in the first six months of uh, of next year, yeah, just pour it. You just 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 tell him you want that fight. Now, this isn't a lock, by the way. McGregor, of course, is is a fickle beast. I'm sure he does want to fight Poirier again. Um, uh, he doesn't want the last image of him and Poirier in the case to be, of course, him lying on his ass with his with a leg injury. Um, but uh, also, there are other fights that could intrigue McGregor, other business interests. Maybe he doesn't fight at all in 2022. We we don't know. It, it, it's hard to predict him. But if he does, I would hope that uh, he would see how much money there is in, in one more go around with Poirier that uh, hopefully doesn't end in a, in a freakish way again. Um, I think Poirier is the better fighter too. I'd love. To, I think uh, he should just get to prove it definitively, and uh, and and then that should be done and get his paycheck, and then. Uh, and then who knows? And then and then Poirier, I say take the rest. Of, just fight McGregor. Just fight once in twenty uh, twenty two. Take the rest of the year off. See how the landscape of a lightweight and maybe welterweight, if he's into that, looks uh, in twenty twenty three. Yeah, I mean, as much as this loss will sting Dustin Poirier, the competitor, Dustin Poirier, the prize fighter, doesn't suffer all that much here because should he decide to keep this train moving, I'm with you. I think it will be Conor McGregor because. I do believe he'll take a good amount of time off and the timelines will probably sync up with McGregor moving along with his recovery. But right now McGregor is like a cruiserweight at 225 pounds. So who the hell knows? But Dustin's in these wins over Connor puts him in a really good spot because if he wants to fight Nate Diaz, all he has to do is say it. And there's a very good chance the UFC makes that fight. If Dustin Poirier wants to fight his old pal Colby Covington, all he has to do is say it. Colby will take that fight. That's a very big deal. Or if he just wants to move to 170 in general, like you said, if that's a challenge he'd like to pursue, the UFC will let him cha- will let him 
take that step towards that challenge. So yeah, it's tough. Got to feel for Poirier. And whatever he decides to do, this is his decision. But I don't think he'll go out on a loss like that. I just think he's too competitive to let that happen. But it's fair to say that Poirier has entered that cherish him while you have him territory. And I feel like that sentiment will be repeated for another fighter in a matter of moments. But before we get there, AK, we have to talk. Oh, you want to go ahead. I want to ask you, if you could wave your magic wand, and let's say Dustin Poirier gets paid the same, like a, a great paycheck no matter what. Which one do you like better, uh, McGregor, Diaz, or uh, Covington? Hmm. I, 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 I don't love McGregor. I think we've seen it. I don't think it goes any differently. I understand mm-hmm. why the UFC would want to make it because it's just going to be a huge fight. It's McGregor's return, Poirier, big deal. Uh, Diaz would be very big. I think I want to see the Nate fight. I think I want to see it for, for a multitude of reasons. One, I just... Those two have had beef for a while. Let's just settle mm-hmm. it and get it done. And two, if Nate really doesn't want to be in the UFC anymore, I think Dustin is favored in that fight. I think Dustin has a very good chance of winning that fight. You send Diaz off with a loss. Diaz will find a way to swing it in his favor some way, and everybody wins. So I I, I would prefer that. Covington's interesting, too, in its own way. In the build to that fight would kind of be awful. Especially on just the leave, Colby side, just leave Joe Lee out of it. That's all I say. Say it, you, you know, whatever. They've worked, they've trained together. So t- if you want to talk about some dirty whatever crap, you know, it, it, that happened in the gym, I mean, I don't like that, but that's fine. Leave the family out of it. Leave Joe Lee out of it. I swear, it, that that's the one thing. Yeah, that if he brought in family, and and I would hope Covington would be above that. But again, he was taking cheap shots at Kamar uh, uh, Guzman's dad, for God's sake. So I don't know. Um, but uh, but I do like the Covington matchup just because it seems so it seems like the most remote option right now. So I think just for the sake of chaos, no pun intended, uh, I would I would like to see it and see how that would go. Yeah, and a lot of people are like, oh, they're not going to give Nate that fight. If Dustin wants it and he screams it from the rooftop that he wants it, Dustin will get that fight. But if he doesn't and Nate just goes on Twitter and calls for it, it won't happen. But if Dustin wants it, he will get it. But uh... the NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey. 
instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. We have to talk about the brand new Bantamweight champion of the world, AK. Mm-hmm. We got to talk about the Venezuelan vixen, Juliana Pena. She wanted this fight with Amanda Nunes for almost six years. She kept calling her out. I've done many interviews over the years. Juliana Pena always calls out Amanda Nunes. That name is always off the top of her head. She said, from day one, I will be in her face. I'm not afraid of her. And I will win. I will defeat Amanda Nunes, and if I fight her, I will become the champion. And she goes out there in front of a capacity crowd and does exactly that. She overcomes a rough first round. She got dropped several times, seemed to garner some momentum at the end of the first round. Great cornering from Rick Little, seemed to fire her back up, and Pena comes out swinging in the second. She stung Nunes many, many times. She took her down, took her back, submits her without a hook anywhere to be found with a rear naked choke. What a moment. What an all-time upset, AK. But from a matchmaking perspective, we're all mentally preparing for a rematch, are we not? Yeah, that, that's where I'm going with it. And, and I, I do want to really congratulate Juliana Pena. I, I did not pick her, as we all know, by now. Uh, Jed Mishu was the only one in our staff <laughs> to have the guts to say. I think he picked, did he, I think, I don't think he got the round right, but I believe he did say Pena by submission. I think maybe he was just like a round off. I think he, said, I think he picked decision, but just the fact that did he, he picked just, the mere, thought, just the mere fact that he picked her is unbelievable. Yeah. And 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 I and, and I th- believe this is pretty much how he broke it down. Too. I think how a lot of people broke down um, how Juliana Pena would win the fight. It would have to be as she herself had said, nonstop pressure. Oh, he did. Uh, did pick medicine, but nonstop pressure. Uh, you know, take take the the champ out of her comfort zone. And boy, uh, Amanda Nunes looked very very uncomfortable. Like you said, no hooks on that choke. She was clearly just out of air. And uh, once once she felt that Pena put the squeeze on her, it's just like I got to get out of here. Like I, she probably thought she was gonna die. She looked so so exhausted. Um, and again, I see people questioning. Well, was it the oh, was it going back down to 135 that affect her? She distracted because you know she has all the success and now she's a mom now and all that. And it's like, uh, let's just give the credit to Pena because Pena, like I said, she said she did what she said she was going to do. She said pressure was the key and not being afraid of Amanda Nunes was the key. Those things were both evident uh, in the cage on Saturday night. So uh, yeah, and, and I was never as down on her as a challenger. Some people were. We we said, Mike, you know, we all broke down. She kind of was the challenger by default. But Juliana Pena is a, is she's a really good fighter. Like her only losses in the UFC are to GDR and Valentina Shevchenko. And is is like does is that supposed to disqualify her from like being an elite fighter? I don't like that. I never understood. She beat Kat Singano, Sarah McMahon. I still think that's a good win. I know uh, Sarah McMahon maybe a little past her prime. I still think she's a really good fighter. Um, I get it. You know, she was never able to put together this super dominant run to the title. But I, I think anyone who's seen uh, Juliana Pena fight, I, I'm really surprised that people were so down on her. Um, but uh, credit to Jed and anyone else who picked uh, Juliana Pena. You guys are are really sharp and. Um, 
uh, a little bit gutsier than the rest of us. So yeah, the rep, the rematch is the way to go. Uh, I'll say there's a lot of other kind of cool options. I'll save that from the listener picks. I think listeners are really creative for the most part with what could be next for Nunez, what could be next for Pena. But um, uh, yeah, if, if Amanda Nunez says, I want this immediate rematch, that's what's going to happen. If you told me, remember how we did our prediction show last year and I said, make a bold prediction. If your bold prediction was one of the more interesting divisions in 2022 will be the women's bantamweight division. I would have laughed my ass off. I would have laughed in your face, AK. But sure enough, look at us now. 2022, one of the more interesting divisions in all of the UFC will be the women's bantamweight division because of what happened on Saturday night. And this rematch will be a good one. It'll be very interesting. And I think it'll create a lot of intrigue. And I think people will really care about it. Good for Pena. It's always fun in sports when the major underdog comes through. And for Nunez, she's likely in the same place Poirier is in a lot of way. But she's obviously in a different spot because she, no matter what happened on Saturday night, she is still the greatest female fighter of all time. She deserves that immediate rematch for sure. And I am all in for it. But again, like I said about Dustin Poirier, cherish Amanda Nunez, the fighter, while we have her. Because I don't think it'll be there much longer. I think she'll be appreciated far along far more after she is done fighting than she is right now. And it's interesting to see Amanda Nunes in a position where she now has something to prove in her own mind after pretty much doing absolutely everything in the sport. So I think this rematch is really interesting and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on it. I'm all in on this rematch. I'm not as sure that this sets us up for like an intriguing, uh, you know, 135 pound landscape in 2022. Because one, I, I think in Nunez, uh, Nunez, if she can, if she wants the rematch and wants it soon, it'll be in the first quarter of uh, 2021. And uh, and I think she would get it back. And I think that would set up a trilogy fight. I do think that you know they would they would want to match them up again right away. And that's fine. And I don't think that's a bad idea at all. Um, so for me, that would just freeze the top of the division again uh for probably the whole year <laughs> i don't know if uh if they'd be able to fit any other title uh 135 pound title fights in the schedule outside of uh nunez uh nunez pena two and nunez pena three so um yeah i don't know and again it's just such a talents deficient division right now uh but you're right maybe that'll change maybe some things will shake up but i'm not as optimistic um because it was a pretty stagnant division this year and it could be next year other than seeing uh nunez and pena fight a couple more times I would certainly favor Amanda Nunes, but it would not surprise me in the least if Juliana Pena beat her again. She's got the blueprint. She's got, she's the, got blueprint. the blueprint. And if she doesn't, I th- I think she set the table for others to do so. Uh, so very intriguing stuff. Looking forward to it. And congratulations again to Juliana oh, Pena. Oh, I have to ask you one more thing. Sure. Uh, let me go to our rankings here to make this a bit easier for both of us. Uh, again, this is probably going to spoil some of the listener picks, but again, they, you know what? The listeners, they get so much time. They get their say all the time anyway. They're all, they're they get more spoiled. time than us. They get more time than us. They're already spoiled. This is this is a big card. This is our show. And, and we had to <laughs> share time on uh, Saturday night with those nincompoops, uh, Jed Mashu and uh, Shaheen Al-Shadi and uh, uh, E.K. Salai. It's ridiculous. It, it really should just be you and me all the time. But um, what challenger do you think juliana pena would be favored against in her first tell defense so i'll go from the top so we both agree nunez would be favored yes gdr i think GDR mm. be she beat her she beat her yeah, yeah um, favorite, right? slight it would be a slight favorite slight favorite uh holly holm i think is favored i don't think she should be but she probably will be bigger name right bigger name uh okay Eddie Nail Donna I think Pena would be favored. yes Pena, okay. Pena would be favored in that fight uh 
Raquel Pennington. Yes. Probably Payne as well. Okay, and that's about that's that's really, uh, that's probably the next five the next five or six uh, contenders. Other people are, aren't as close. So, okay, so there's a couple of names in there. I was about to say. So we'd have to go, but we had to go down about three names. So not not horrible. Don't not forget horrible. about Aspen Ladd. I know she hasn't fought at 135 in a while, but don't forget about her. She goes in there and fights Misha Tate and rocks her. Juliana Payne is going to want to avenge that loss. Sure. I, well, I would hope Payne would be favored against. I, I would be favored against Aspen Ladd. Um, but uh, yeah. But yeah, like I said, that's that shows kind of the, the outside the top three or four. The division is how lightly regarded the division is. But um, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting championship run for uh, Pena if she does get past uh, Nunes. Let's move ahead to Jeff Neal, who was on the wrong end of the. Highly anticipated Neil on Neil matchup. Mm-hmm, Picks up a mm-hmm. split decision when he bounces back against Santiago Ponzinibbio. I scored it for Ponzinibbio. Super close fight. No issue with it either way. No way the word robbery should be anywhere near this conversation. But Neil gets out there, does the thing. Been a tough year for him in multiple ways. And he goes out. And I didn't even really look into this, but Jeff Neal said that this is the first victory he's had in the UFC over a ranked fighter since he's been there and he wants to do it again so who might that fighter be ak um i like uh, first i like what you said it, it was not a pretty controversial fight it was, it was close and uh not pretty at times which i think sometimes leads us to uh to maybe think the scoring you know didn't go the right way it, it was wonky if anything i'm just looking at mma decisions uh about four four people four out of uh, looks like 12 13 uh, MMA media members scored it for Ponzinibbio, 29-28 Ponzinibbio. The other is Neil. Uh, Sean Sheehan and, uh, of Severe MMA and Ben Duffy of Sherdog, both guys who are really good at scoring fights, uh, both scored at 30-27 Neil. So, again, and I'm sure they would acknowledge some of those rounds are closer than others. So, yeah, just kind of a kind of a mucky, kind of a mucky odd fight. Um, I didn't, again, I didn't get too creative with this one. Kind of looked at my own secret rankings and saw where Neil landed after beating Ponzinibbio. So I think he gets the leech, the leech, Li Jingliang. Uh, Li Jingliang recently beat uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio. So again, those three guys are kind of in the same, uh, kind of in the same mix right now. So uh, yeah, d- didn't go too crazy with it. Let's just see how where Neil is. See if he can do give a little bit more of a spirited performance than he gave on Saturday uh, against a very, very aggressive fighter. So I like that one. Yeah, it's 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 kind of hard to go wrong on the bottom end of the top 15. I went with Michael Chiesa. I think mm-hmm. it's a fine matchup. Makes sense for both guys. Nice resume name, potentially, for Jeff Neal. Chiesa's lost two straight. Needs to beat a guy like Jeff Neal if he ever wants to join his close friend and longtime teammate, Juliana Pena, in the championship club. If you can't beat Jeff Neal, you're probably not going to be a champion or get anywhere near fighting for a title. And this is no disrespect for Jeff Neal. This is just what the welterweight division is like. Mm-hmm. This is just the top of the division. If you can't beat Jeff Neal, you're probably not being the Wonder Boys and the Gilbert Burns of the world. So, yeah, I think that's a fine fight. But congratulations to Jeff Neal. Tough year for him, and he gets it done. Yeah. Uh, AK Kaikar France picks up the biggest win of his career on Saturday. He absolutely bolted Cody Garbrandt, a former world champion. Huge win clips him quick, pours it on until the fight was stopped. Massive, massive performance, and He's not mixing words. He's not He's not mincing words at all. He wants to fight for the title in his next fight. He even has, has gone as far as said, I ain't fighting again until it's for a title, which I think is absolutely wishful thinking on his part, to be honest. But that's exactly what you should be saying after a win like that. In the last 15, 16 months, AK, this guy got stopped by Brandon Royval, mostly due to strikes. And Brandon Royval is not really a striker finisher, but he... he Really stung Kaikar France in that fight. 
before he put him away. Then he bounces back, and he gets his first two finishes in the UFC, both in the first round and both against talented fighters. Unfortunately for Mr. Cara France, I think he takes a big step towards the title, but I think he's going to he's gonna pull the short straw and get Askar Askarov. I just think that's what's going to end up happening because Askarov has that argument. He's screaming for a title shot. But as as we do on the show, the weight miss in the Benavidez fight has to lead to some sort of consequence, and that consequence is a fight with the surging guy named Kai Car France. This is not saying that Kai Car France can't win that fight. I think he's got a very good chance to win that fight. But of all the guys he could be fighting next, I would say Asker Askarov is probably like the ugh. Don't really want this one, but I get it. But that's just kind of what this division looks like right now. So, yeah, that's my pick. What say you? Yeah, both guys have unfortunately have work to do. Like Askarov should be the number one contender, but uh, like I said, missed the weight, uh, was unable to. I mean, I don't know if he was offered the uh, the Moreno fight before uh, before uh, they booked the Figueredo Moreno trilogy, but unavailable either way. Missed weight in his last one, um, and unfortunately, it feels like he has been jumped over by Pantoja, who he beat. But Pantoja again has a history with Moreno, and um, again has also looked very good, and is widely regarded as again one of the five best flyweights in the world. So, um, yeah, and and I, I, Pantoja definitely ahead of Car France. So, uh, great for Car France, big win. He's so good. I'm just I'm I'm sad for Cody Garbrandt. I am a fan of his fighting, uh, and I, I hate that this has become you know more about should Cody retire and how bad did Cody look than how good Car France looked. Kai Car France is so 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 good, uh, and it is great that he got two first round finishes back to back to kind of really put his name out there. But yeah, he's not he's not getting a title fight right away. So. I'm going with the fun one, which I also think has title implications. Actually, the matchup I picked, I wouldn't be surprised if either guy was uh, was then uh, could then wait with a win, could then wait for a title shot sometime next year. G- give me uh, Car France Manel Cop. We we got to do it. Um, Cormier uh, tweeted it out. Cop himself was like, "Yes, let's go. We got to see who's the who's the harder puncher." Uh, a great call for Cop, who by the way kept his options open right last weekend. He was like, "They should be calling to fight me." But I think he's smart. He's like, well, I I know Kai's name just went up after beating Cody Garbrandt, former UFC champion. So now is the time for me to call someone out and mention him. So very strategic work by uh, Manel Kopp. And, uh, I mean, just be a surefire banger. Uh, early fight of the year candidate. I would love to see Car France fight Kopp. Um, Car France, I, I'm sorry, I do not think you have the leverage to not fight uh, and wait for a teleshot. I think you're going to take a tough one. And like I said, it's either going to be Askarov or, or as I like, uh, Manel Cop. I like that idea, but I only like that idea if it happens very quickly. Mm. Like if, if for some, the UFC, no matter what Dana White and Israel Adesanya said, the, the UFC officially announced Adesanya versus Whitaker 2 on February 12th, which will be my birthday, by the way. <laughs> um, put that fight on that card. Put it on that card. And I'm fine with it. If we're delayed, if that can't happen, I understand travel restrictions in, in the world suck ass right now. It's just it's just the world we live in. But yeah, if I'm Kai Car France, I try to get on that card and fight Manel Cap. Manel Cap will certainly fight in February, and that's a big deal. If not, plans change, and that's just where we're at right now as we head to. Uh, so you're yeah, so you're ahead. saying you're saying you hope that uh, that the announcement is is no cap and that it has cop on it. Mic check time. I'm just trying to. Yeah, I'm, just trying to, I'm just trying to be cool. I'm just trying to be cool. So, Dame, we have been on this Adesanya Whitaker fight probably more yes. than anybody in the sport. <laughs> like, sure. honestly, we have. 
ask the managers. I think we have asked for updates on this fight between the two teams more than anybody else. I know it was reported by other outlets, but no one has done the due diligence that we have. Robert Whitaker signed the contract to fight Israel Adesanya weeks and weeks and weeks ago. Like, this has been in the works for a while. I know Eugene Barriman said what he said, created some some curveballs along the way. I was basically told, do not ever believe a word Eugene Barriman says uh, from some folks. Uh, and the fight has been targeted for this day for a while. It had been reported for January. January was never really on the table. It was always February or March. It seemed like February was the way to go. Whitaker signed the deal probably a month ago at this point. And... I think they're without diving into a whole lot. I think the UFC UFC this thing, and for the Adesanya, on the Adesanya side, uh, and I know Ariel's talked about not being all that close financially, um, and I think there's probably some truth to that. I think there's probably some truth to the cap tweet as well. Uh, the UFC likes to announce fights before they're official. Ally Quinta, perfect example with the Bobby Green thing. Sometimes. The UFC tries to nudge it forward a little bit by just all out announcing it on a huge card. Uh, and I think there's some truth to the no cap. Do I think the fight will ultimately get done? Yes, I do. I think you need this fight to happen in February, especially after you announced it. But uh, there's some truth. Where there's smoke, there's fire, AK. And there's a little smoke here. So that this just kind of clears happening. that up. It's def- it'll happen. Uh, it's, it, but it's, it's not no, officially no done yet. I can tell you that right now. No cap. Mike, can I hear you say no cap? No cap. Yeah. See, does that feel cool? Manel cap. No, no, we want, we want, yes, yes, cop. No cap. A cap. Cap. Yes. Like, yes, yes. So you can't see this, but what I'm wearing right now. He is wearing a cap. And now means, I'm taking it off. So and now I, there's now, no cap. Now I no so, longer have a cap. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. So this is, this is, I think our rating, our demographic's really going to go up. I really feel like our younger demographic is going to, like, is going to get into this. So, uh, so no cap. The card will happen. Yes, cop. Hopefully we'll be on it. <laughs> There's our theme. There's your hashtag, AK, when you when we no, when you quote ha- tweet the tweet. Hashtag no cap, yes cop. Okay. <laughs> yes, cop. Uh, now we head to probably the two most interesting pieces of matchmaking coming out of this card. Both are mm. in the bantamweight division. First, yeah. we start with Sean O'Malley, the Sugar Show. Holly Paiva was a legit test. I've been saying it for a while. He dominated him. He put him away quick. He certainly didn't look like a legit test. But I really think there's some truth to the aura that Sean O'Malley provides. He is there for a reason. People come early to watch him fight, whether it's on the prelims or you open up the main card. It's a big deal. The UFC promotes the crap out of it. And it is there is a difference between fighting Kyler Phillips at the Apex and fighting Sean O'Malley in a sold-out T-Mobile arena. There is something to Sean O'Malley and you have to be able to to just not care about that stuff. Chris Moutinho clearly didn't care about that stuff. But, I mean, the talent discrepancies were just so wide. But Moutinho got the rub because he didn't care. He just went in there and fought and gave it his all. And he went after O'Malley and he took a beating. And he became a very big deal because of it. Halyan Paiva tried to be too technical. You got to get in there and brawl with O'Malley. You got to make him uncomfortable. And Halyan Paiva typically fights like that. But he did not fight that way. I think he got lost in the shuffle a little bit. I think he got a little overwhelmed by the moment. Sugar Show did not. He looked great. He moves on. Dana White gets on the microphone of the post-fight presser and just sings music to Sean O'Malley's ears. Looks like we have to open up the checkbook and pay this, man. And he's probably right. I don't mind the slow build to a certain extent, AK. But we have to get him in there with the guy with the number next to his name after this fight, right? 
I, I, no, I'm not of that thinking. I'm not of that thinking. Oh, my I, Lord. Uh, keep in mind, he is in a super deep division. So when we say someone with a number next to their name, like when you get down to the, I don't know, inventive weight, 13 to like 30 range, all those names are really, really quality names. So uh, it might not be someone with a number, like a UFC number next to their name or an MMA Fighting Global Rankings number next to their name. But I, I do have him um, against someone very high. Before I say that, I will say I do want to elaborate on that he does. He's such an example of how hard it is to quantify the it factor and how and to become a star. What, what is it about him? Is it the fact that he plays video games? Is it the fact that he's, you know, is it the way he talks on the mic? Is it his look? Is it the colorful hair? Is it his fighting style, which is very exciting? Is it all those things combined? Is it is it a controversy? Is, it, is he easy to hate? You know, and then all these things sort of mix together and give you this, again, give you that it factor, which you cannot manufacture. Uh, and it's difficult enough to define, much less manufacture. So, um, and I, I, I see a large segment of people who say they don't get it. I saw Jed Mishu saying, I don't understand the appeal of uh, of Sean O'Malley. And I, and I thought about it, I'm like, well, I, he might not be for us. He might not be for a certain age group. And you gotta understand the UFC for a while, I, I, I don't know if it's changed now, had a big demographic problem it was mostly, it was not a young person's, like, it didn't have a young person's audience for a long time. Um, I think it's getting better now. I think the ESPN, ESPN Plus deal helped. I think it's, like, expanded their audience. But they didn't have people that, it, like, it was mostly, again, people our age who, who who got into it when we were younger and then carried over. And they didn't bring in a lot of a younger audience. Now I think it's gotten better. And I think it's because of guys like Sean O'Malley who help a lot. So he is the he is the star for this, I think, generation of new viewers. Uh, maybe Maybe I'm overstating it. But I just for people who are out there who are like I don't understand the whole Sean O'Malley thing. I'm just trying to sort of explain it as as I understand it and see it from the perspective of someone who is uh, much younger. Even though of course I am only like what 25 years old, Mike, as we know. Uh, but I mean, you know, I'm talking about even younger people. Um, uh, no, I'm I'm very old. I'm, uh, I'm 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 knocking on 40 for anyone who doesn't know. Uh, so yes, I'm trying to understand, just like I did with the cap thing, and I may be overcompensating. But uh, Adrian Yanez to get. All of that is to say, I would like to see Adrian Yanez fight. I don't think Yanez is uh, not. I mean, again, rankings wise, yeah, I get it. He's not a top. I don't know. He might not be a top twenty guy in some people's rankings, but very talented. There's a little bit of heat there. I think both guys. I don't think a loss hurts them too much. Um, I want to see these guys taking tough fights at this point in their careers. I don't, I don't want them being protected. And. Uh, so, so I'm down with that. I, 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 I'm happy to see uh, what you have planned for him. I think I know what you might say, and I'm a little scared. Okay. First of all, <laughs> I, I want to go back to what you're saying about O'Malley. And first of all, what a brilliant job guiding his own career. Mm-hmm. Like this is a this is the this is prize fighter stuff. Sean O'Malley is building up a prize fighter. Sp- like stock portfolio, if you will. And every once in a while, a fighter comes along and it's just a perfect storm of stuff. Like there's comparisons to MVP. And I think it's a a pretty apt comparison in a lot of ways, but mostly because I feel like with Sean O'Malley and yes, the UFC has, has had bigger stars along the way than Sean O'Malley. But I feel like Sean O'Malley is maybe legit their first like homegrown guy that they've built from the ground up. And what I mean by that is like Connor became a massive star. He got the UFC push, but Connor was already a pretty big star before he came to the UFC. He just wasn't a big star in the United States. 
Connor and Cage Warriors is a very big deal. But I feel like with Sean O'Malley, the UFC built him up immediately. Even before his contender series fight. They basically built the entire contender series season around Sean O'Malley. They brought in freaking Snoop Dogg to do color commentary. And it made sense because Sean O'Malley could go back there and, you know, do what Sean O'Malley and Snoop Dogg would do on a random Tuesday morning or afternoon or night. They went in there. Yeah, they 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 used uh, medicine and they got really hungry and they watched movies and okay. laughed way more than they would have had they okay. not taken this medicine. Uh, and, and of course, O'Malley delivers with a sensational knockout on the Contender Series. And the and Dana White just built him up from from minute one, and then Sean O'Malley on his own got out there, did a ton of media, and people got to know him. Started his own podcast, started his own merch company. We're learning who Sean O'Malley is. The dude is a gamer like in the octagon but he's also like a video gamer and people know who he is outside of the cage and he's got the promotional push but kind of like the the opposite of amanda nunez o'malley does his part too and it just worked out it's just this perfect storm of things and i feel like o'malley in a way he's the face of the contender series he's maybe the first like homegrown prospect that they have built from the ground up i mean hardcores knew who sean o'malley was that region of the country arizona the west coast they knew who sean o'malley was but a lot of like the american odds had no idea who sean o'malley was but the ufc got you excited before even before his contender series fight about who this guy was and sean is delivered win or lose taking beatings and fight the legs all that stuff sean o'malley has done the damn thing good on him he deserves a big fight and if he doesn't people are just going to want to watch him fight now to go upon what you said before you turned it over to me this pick is going to hurt some feelings but here we are there are a number of options for sean o'malley none of them are wrong i think Rafael sunso is a fine idea yes i am very well aware he's fighting ricky simone on saturday but if they did that fight no matter what happens between a sunso and ricky simone i'm certainly fine with that a sunso is kind mm. of in that position at this point but I know some people are poo-pooing the name that I'm about to say. They're poo-pooing the Cody Garbrandt idea. Should he return to 135? I'm absolutely not at all. In fact, I'm doing the exact opposite. That is my absolute ultimate first choice. And it was my first choice after Garbrandt lost to Rob Fawn. It's a step back for Garbrandt. It is a step back. The reward for beating Sean O'Malley is absolutely worth some of the risk it would entail. And same with Marlon Marais. Same with Marlon Marais. Marais, yes, he's on the schneid. But he is still a very exciting guy. He still has a name that carries weight. And he was seconds away from stopping Marab Dewalishvili. Marais is still dangerous. And a win over O'Malley would give him a boost. It would turn his career around. And on the flip side, O'Malley would get the rub with wins over either of those two guys. So from a business sense, my, my official pick will be Cody Garbrandt should he return to 135. If Garbrandt wants to stay at 25, Marl Marais is the pick. And then like Rafael Sunsau is kind of like option C if you need one. But... The official stance, Garbrandt, if he stays at 135, if that's not an option, it's Marlon Marais. I, I, I totally understand the Garbrandt pick. I do feel like the ship has sailed a little bit. I, I know there's a history there. I, I definitely would have wanted to see it sometime last year. Uh, again, I'm, I'm in this weird, I want to protect Cody Garbrandt. I still think he has a shot at 125. You know, I'm kind of, I, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but I will say, um, uh, I just, I, I think O'Malley just, kills him at this stage of his career and again i know we can say about a lot of people at 125 and 135 right now it's 
the the level that Garbrandt is at, it's so hard to find a matchup that is quote unquote winnable slash does not end in him face down on the canvas again. Um, but uh, I don't know. I just I just don't want it to be O'Malley uh, right now, who I, who would get a great boost from again beating a former UFC champion as as uh, Kai Car France just did. We get an even bigger boost, of course. He's already, uh, you know, he, he'd find a way to promote it even more. But um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just I'm really conservative with it. I'm really conservative with it. I'm, I I don't want to push him too quickly, and I just don't want to throw uh, Cody Garbrandt back onto the uh, train tracks right but, away. And, and the the same token, if Garbrandt beats Sean O'Malley, that's massive. Like that's huge for him. People will literally forget the past fights if he beat Sean O'Malley. That's just the way the sport works sometimes. But here we are, and we'll see what happens. Like I said, there's no wrong answer. You could throw him in there. If you want to throw him in there with Rob Font right now, Rob Font would take that fight in a heartbeat. He would take it in a second, and I would have no issue with that, and neither would anybody else. But if you want to give him Adrian Yanez, you want to give him Montel Jackson, you want to give him an up-and-coming prospect, sure. No one's going to complain. Some people would because they were like, oh, come on, dude. Many would. (laughs) Come on, give him a ranked guy. But, I mean, if you're going to pay Sean O'Malley, he's going to fight a ranked guy, and that's it. Uh, Now we get head Dominic Cruz because he defeats Pedro Munoz, and normally we wouldn't matchmake for somebody on the prelims, but Dominic Cruz at this point in his career – he became the big story of the week with the sole beef with Daniel Cormier. We're going to give him the rub and put him on the fastest rising podcast in MMA in the best matchmaking show on the planet. I think he dominated this fight, AK. Yes, he did get dropped hard in the first, and it was close. And kudos to uh, the referee for getting this right, Mark Goddard. But aside from that, I thought Cruz definitively won this fight. I thought this fight went exactly the way I thought it was going to go. I thought Cruz's footwork was going to be way too annoying for Pedro Munoz. He was going to frustrate him. That's exactly what happened in this fight. No disrespect to Pedro Munoz. This is just a bad stylistic matchup for him. This is no controversy. Cruz loses the first. Clearly won the second. Clearly won the third. Good win for Dominic Cruz. To me, AK, this is so easy. Let's just do the damn Frankie Edgar fight. Let's just do it. If you did Sandhagen, you did Font, sure. If you want to do the rematch with Garbrandt, yeah, I'm not really interested in that one. But yeah, I understand the appeal of it. I know a lot of people are on the rooftop shouting for Jose Aldo. Evergreen tweet. Let's do it. Cruz gets so much more out of that fight right now than Jose Aldo does right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Aldo's next fight could be for the title. It very well could be for the title if dominoes fall in certain ways. And it seems like most are in agreement that at worst... With the top of this division in shambles, Jose Aldo should fight TJ Dillashaw next if he doesn't fight for the title. I certainly want to see Aldo Cruz at, at some point. Once Jose Aldo loses a fight, sure. Throw him in there with Dominic Cruz. Let's rock and roll. But for right now, let's just do Dominic Cruz versus Frankie Edgar. It's fun. People will love it. And AK, to, to, to go on your point with the Cody Garbrandt thing, nobody's going to get majorly hurt in this fight. It's just a fun, stylistic <laughs> legends fight. And it, this is a absolute no-brainer for me, AK. I don't know at this point with Frankie. I I think he's taking a lot of damage. I I, I think Cruz might actually be able to knock him out. <laughs> but uh, but but again, even if that happens, look, like I said, we can only protect quote unquote protect fighters so much. You know, a- any fight is a chance uh, with good strikers if someone gets hit in the right way, and especially guys who are a little bit further along in their careers that they go down, and that's fine. I, I have no problem with that. But I yes, I like the idea of this being potentially being like a, a classy. Uh, Probably on, goes on pay-per-view, but I think it'd be cool if it was a, a fight night main event or if they did put on pay-per-view, 
give the guys some extra money and uh, maybe turn it into one of those non-title, non-main event five-rounders. I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I'd love to see – I'm, I'm with you all the way on this one. For sure, Frankie Edgar was my pick. Um, I do want to see Cruz Aldo someday. Now the timing is definitely not right. Aldo has other, has other goals right now. But that's one you know, down the road when one of them or maybe both of them are, are thinking of retirement – what a great way to end that and truly put a capper on the the WEC era and just oh you got so much footage you get to play around with it's a great fight I really hope we see that someday but it's not next Frank Yeager's next yes that is the fight to make uh, now we head to the wild card round AK mm-hmm. we head to the wild card round we will match make for a fighter we have not match made for yet kick us off AK I don't know where I actually have no idea where you're going with this normally I have a, as an idea but with this I don't <laughs> I, I don't know I, I don't know. hinted at it hashtag free Cody. Free Cody from I'm not sure what I'm just I just want to steal the free Britney thing. Hashtag free Cody. I I I just think there's ways to book Cody Garbrandt without. And again, this is being this is this is magic wand booking, by the way. This is not how do I think the UFC views him because we talked about this a lot in the previous show. Of course, the UFC still sees a lot of name value with Cody Garbrandt. Of course, Cody Garbrandt himself probably says. No, I'm one or two big wins away. I don't want to go back in the rankings. I don't want to fight on the prelims. You know, I, I, I'm a main card guy. I'm a main eventer. Give me main event names and main card names. I'm going way out of the box. I'm like, I think Cody Garbrandt, I want him to stay at 125. I, I know he looked bad, but he looked bad at some of his bantamweight fights too. I don't think it was the weight cut. I think it, I do think adjusting to a new weight class is a chal- was a challenge. And... Uh, a lot of the stuff he's dealt with too. Again, sp- spinal injuries, uh, COVID nineteen. I'm making all these excuses for Cody Garbrandt. I still think he's a talented fighter and someone who could string together a few wins at flyweight. Um, it's a great division. So is bantamweight. So either way, he's facing tough competition. I, I-, I went way back here, but a guy who's a good fighter, a veteran opponent for him. I want to see Cody Garbrandt and Tyson Nam. Now I know Tyson Nam is a power puncher. Uh, so, so if you're going like, I thought you were trying to protect Cody, like Tyson Nam could turn Cody's lights out in a second. Uh, and that's fine. And like I said, that's honestly, that's going to have an Eddie Cody Garbrandt fight. I don't care who he's fighting. He could be fighting, uh, uh, Yaya. I'd be worried that Yaya would, would hit him with a spinning back versus knock him out. So it's going to happen against anyone, but I think Tyson Nam's a good veteran name. I think a fighter that Garbrandt is on paper, I think more skilled than, um, and again, a real test to see if 125 is for him because win or lose, I do want to see how he performs. If he won like a, a close decision, that still would make me think, OK, maybe he should go back up to 135. But I need I, I think he deserves one more chance um, at flyweight as bad as that uh, debut was, which, again, I credit more to Kai Car France than, than to any uh, deficiencies in Garbrandt's part. So, yeah, I'm going with another veteran that I like. I'm going with Tyson Nam and uh, I'd like to see that fight on, um, you know, on a, on a, a co-main or something of a, of a fight night, something like that. I like it, but again, if you if he gets bolted by Tyson Nam, like oh that boy. just crushes him. Like that's yeah. he's done. Like he's done. There's no coming back from that. No, this is no offense, to Tyson no Nam. Yeah, but I still think he's done almost no matter what. I think if he if he gets another like drubbing like that, like he got from Kai Car France, boy, I don't know if it's retirement or again he just gets cut by the UFC. But yeah, I think any loss, any bad loss that he suffers, it might be the last we see of him in the UFC uh, for the foreseeable future. I just think there's no. There's no reward fighting Tyson Nam. Like, you mm. beat him, no one's going to care. Like, no one will really care. They'll be like, yay, good for Cody. But that's about it. Does, that's doesn't all he do needs. For that's him. All, honestly, that's all he needs right now. I think any win, I don't care who he beats, 
would be very encouraging to Cody Garbrandt and Cody Garbrandt's fans. I don't think it matters who. I really don't. Yeah, he's going to fight Minel Cap probably. But oh, we'll God, see what no. happens. God, no. Um, this was interesting because I wanted to give Aaron Blanchfield some shine after that performance over Miranda Maverick. And this division is is interesting, especially up the top. And I know that I've sang we do not want to rush Aaron Blanchfield, but still at the same time, the how the UFC rankings shape up at 125 are really not an indication of what this division actually looks like right now. Then some of the names that I'm going to present, like probably shouldn't be ranked where they're at. They should probably be pushed further back. Um, my first thought was having Aaron Blanchfield after beating Miranda Maverick fight Cynthia Calvillo. Mm-hmm. I think that makes perfect sense. Yep. I, it, it checks off some boxes, right? Because Cynthia Calvillo is very good on the ground. Aaron Blanchfield is very good on the ground. And it'd be interesting to see how that one would play out. I think it's a good test for both ladies. But Cynthia Calvillo took a beating in the Andrea Lee fight. So I kind of want to see her take some time off. I'm ready to give her a... T- right now, this fighter's ranked number six at 125. But I don't think she's the number six ranked fighter by any stretch of the imagination. Let's give her Joanne Wood. Give Aaron Blanchfield Joanne Wood. I think I and I, I think Aaron, I think Aaron Blanchfield beats her. I think she'd be favored in that fight, and I think she would win a lopsided unanimous decision, or she would finish Joanne Wood. Uh, I got no issue saying that. Uh, I just I just don't think Joanne Wood is the same fighter anymore. I just don't think she's an elite one twenty five er. I think Aaron Blanchfield is a is a is an elite one twenty five er. Um. Yeah, I think that's a good test. I think that's a good test. And I don't, I don't want this to sound like I'm crapping on Joanne Wood because I'm not. Um, she's fun. She's super fun. And I think she still has a place in the UFC. I just don't know. I don't know if she beats Aaron Blanchfield. After watching that Tyler Santos fight, I just don't know if she beats her. If that fight gets to the ground, she's going to be in some big trouble. And without Calvillo, I think that's the fight. And then it's just kind of this new wave of 25ers right now, right? We got O'Neal, Manifioro. We got Macy Barber. Yeah, if you want to do the Macy fight, sure. But I, I, I don't think you need to do that fight right now. Roxanne Modafferi is about to retire. Alexa Grasso is kind of part of this new crop of 25ers. Jessica I is fighting Manifioro. I don't know if if Jessica, if the UFC decides to keep Jessica I around. If she loses, you could do that fight. Um but I don't know if they will keep her around. Andrew Lee is way too far ahead. Viviani Araujo is part of the new crop of 25ers. Jennifer Mai is up there. Laura Murphy's up there. Caitlin Chikagan's up there. Jessica Andrade is up there. It's kind of process of elimination. Tyler Santos could be fighting for a title soon. I think Joanne Wood or Calvillo, that's just kind of like the two dominoes that's, that remain here. That's where I'm coming from. And I think Blanchfield's favored in both of those fights. Yeah, I, I, you know me. I'm I'm a bring I'm a bring them on a little bit slower first, or or I think people know me for I need to see three UFC wins before they get a ranked opponent, depending on what their previous experience is. And again, she's only what 22 years old. This was she hasn't even had 10 pro fights yet. Um, yeah, of course she'd probably be favored in a matchup with JoJo. I prefer the Calvillo mm-hmm. suggestion. I think she she would probably be favored in either fight. But I do think it's jumping the gun a little bit. Uh, maybe if she had like. She really dominated her two fights in the UFC so far. Uh, the Sarah Alpar fight wasn't close, and uh, Miranda Maverick very talented, and she still uh, lost uh, unanimous 30-27s across the board. So, um, th- so that's great. For some reason, I feel like a, a, a finish, a finish may have put the exclamation point on one of these for me, and may have convinced me to really propel her up the rankings. I know it's not the deepest division. Um, so yeah, I don't have a name. I, I, honestly, I don't have a name for her myself. Uh, I just, I'm, I'm not so uh, convinced that she needs to fight a ranked name, but. Uh, 
again, I, I did just say I, she probably would be favored against number six. Like we said, number six in our rankings, uh, Jojo, Jojo Woods. So, I mean, that has to mean something, right? Uh, so, yeah, I say take it slow, but nothing would surprise me with the matchmaking at this point. And again, let's say she lost to Jojo Wood. It's not it's not the end of the world. It just provides, again, gives us a, a, a better feel of where Jojo Wood is at her career and certainly where uh, Aaron Blanchfield is at her uh, in her young career. Yeah, it still gives Aaron Blanchfield like three or four more fights after that to fight for mm-hmm. the title, at least mm-hmm. how, how she's viewed. And again, I don't want this to sound like I'm crapping on Joanne Wood because I'm not. It's just the shape of this division. It's not a deep division. It's not a ton of fighters. And there's really not a lot of direction to go after beating Miranda Maverick, especially how people view Miranda Maverick. That is that is an impressive performance. I'm not saying I, it's not like I was give, wasn't giving Blanchfield a chance, but I thought Maverick was just a step ahead and I thought she would win this fight. I thought it would be very competitive and close, but this wasn't competitive at all. This is a one-sided drubbing from Aaron Blanchfield. Uh, and if she takes these fights to the ground, she's going to be a problem. You want to do the Tracy Cortez rematch? Sure. Because that was that was a robbery of epic proportions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I just don't really see much else that makes maybe Maybe Montana, but I think she's I think she's above Montana right now. I really do. I was going to say, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, who's only kind of like just learning about Aaron Blanchfield, her only loss, very controversial. Uh, yeah. Joe Tracy, very controversial. She's, she is in the minds of many pretty much undefeated. Yes, I would say so. So we'll yeah. see. Very excited, very exciting prospect right now. 125 is going to be super fun over the next couple of years yes. as these good prospects division. develop. It's really it's, good. It, we've spent this before on many shows. It's quietly like the way they've booked it, the talent they've found, and the way it's just been, it's kept moving. Again, with the exception of the fact that there's someone at the top who is not going to be budging. Excuse me. With the exception that uh, that there's someone at the top who's not going to be budging from that spot uh, anytime soon, the rest of the division has had good fights. Again, veteran names, you know, mixing it up, new challenges coming in, mixing it up with those names, taking their spots. Uh, I, I would implore anyone to kind of just look at. Again, it's not the deepest division, but to look at how uh, women's 125 has shaped up over the last couple of years. And I think you'll really be pleasantly surprised. But like, yeah, this is a good this is a good division. Um, uh, it was in the shadow of. Uh, Strawy and Bantamweight for a while, but uh, I think people knew eventually some 135ers would migrate to 125, some 115ers would go up to 125, and now we have ourselves, again, I think um, a really underappreciated division uh, in all of MMA. Do we have any any bonus content here, AK, before we go to the listeners? Just want to check the tapes. A, a lot of people call, really want to see Amanda Hebus, Michelle Waterson. That's going down March 26th, so uh, listeners, good job on that one. Uh, we had a bunch of fights announced, and I was surprised. See, I, I don't... If I'm wrong, guys, feel free to, of course, DM me after. If I, uh, I'll give you an on-no point next week if you had something and I didn't mention it. But the only one I really saw, I was really certain we had mentioned on the show was uh, Hebus and, and Waterson. So, uh, yeah, fun matchup, and uh, it's what the people want. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Disclaim. Oh, yes. Well, you know, again, uh, uh, guys, we're, we're going to try and uh, focus mostly on your winner's listener picks uh but in this case there were so many big names i mean we're gonna be all over the place with uh, with your suggestions here so and thanks for sending those in there's a lot of good ones uh it, no points you're gonna get a special no point guys if you were somehow the only person uh to pick a fight which again very unlikely with this card so many people sent in submissions uh guys please pay attention when you're when you're making these fights you may have done the wrong weight class you may have picked people who just fought already and you seem to be unaware of it someone injured someone released fighter someone that's already booked Stuff like that. Pay attention, please. And uh, most importantly, we didn't have a lot of that this week, Mike. There's one or two times, but uh, your pick just might be doo-doo, and, uh, and we don't want to read it. Though I will say, some of the doo-doo picks I am going to read out this week, I think. All right. Let's get right into it. <laughs> Poppy underscore Brian, our old friend. Great fights tonight, as usual. Thanks so much for the show, guys. Uh, his wildcard pick, Bruno Silva versus Brennan Allen. He likes Sugar Sean versus Marlon Marais. Kaikar France versus Pantoja. Uh, I don't want to give Kyra France a title shot just because they were going to give Cody one. He lost to Roy Val two fights ago, who Moreno handled easily. And I like the Askar fight, but he isn't super active, so let's do this for a number one contenders fight. Sure. Jeff Neal versus Daniel Rodriguez. And wow, Pena versus Nunes, too. Won a couple of my buddies some big money. Oliver Gaethje, those are the obvious ones, so let's get it out of the way. Uh, John Ray, Jed wins BTL automatically. Just saying. There you go. Uh, he likes Jillian Robinson versus Montana De La Rosa. Ryan Hall versus Alex Caceres. Aaron Blanchfield versus Macy Barber. Munoz versus Silva. Winner gets a ranked guy. Uh, Tuivasa versus Abdurahimov. Cruz versus Marlon Vera. Sure. Uh, Josh Emmett versus Arnold Allen. Sean O'Malley versus Song Yidong. I don't really want to see that just yet. I think that's a fight. I know Bantamweight's loaded, but that's a fight we could see in a couple of years for a title or right there. And then he likes Jeff Neal versus Michael Chiesa. Uh, Brandon Nunez, Munez versus Chris Curtis. Okay, I'm in. Uh, Josh Emmett versus Yair Rodriguez. O'Malley versus Edgar. <laughs> Sorry, AK. Uh, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of people apologizing to me about with that this week. I'll tell you. Uh, Kyra France versus Manel Cap. Uh, Pena versus Shevchenko too. Okay, maybe let Amanda take some rest, and then uh, yeah, Nunez could fight the winner. Sure. Uh, Owen Carroll says this is the card of the year. He likes Tony Kelly versus Casey Kenny. Like that fight too. Ryan Hall versus Chase Hooper. Mm. I mean, I liked the idea of it, but no. Uh, did, he say, did he say? Did he say hashtag Kelly Kenny? No, he did not. Come on, man. Come uh, on. And then he said, "Did anyone notice that Minner kicked Hall while grounded to escape a heel hook?" I did not notice that, uh, but I was doing a million things. There was a lot going on in that fight. There was uh, a lot going on, on the yeah. ground. <laughs> Andre Muniz versus Brad Tavares. Bruno Silva versus Christoph Jaco. Tai Tuivasa versus Marcin Tibora. Uh, Cruz Sandhagen, O'Malley Garbrandt. And he said, if Sean can do that injured for three weeks, no grappling, no sparring, he will finish Cody. Cody wants to talk S. It's time for him to get F'd. Wow. He can't say no to the fight if he wants to keep his job. Wow. Are you doing the censoring here? Are you doing the censoring? I'm doing the censoring. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I didn't even, I, I should have probably screened that one. <laughs> no, you got it. You caught it. I was going to say, I thought it just, yeah. Uh, Kai Car France versus the winner of Moreno versus Figueredo. Askar Pantoja can take the sidelines. Kai just earned his title shot. Uh, he likes Jeff Neal versus wow. Li Jing Liang. And he likes Pena versus Sevchenko as well. Uh, because no words to describe what I just watched. This is why I watch sport. Uh, M. Ruffles 115. He's got the graphic for us. Uh, Poirier McGregor. He likes Pena Shevchenko as well. He likes Nunes versus Durandamy, which would be interesting. 
if, how big of how big a favorite would Shevchenko be in that paint? She'd be at least like three to one, right? Probably bigger. Shh. Probably Damn. bigger. That's, that's I mean, crazy. And that's not a. I think that's more because of Shevchenko than. And she's. And I mean, we saw the first fight. I mean, it's not like you know, it's not like we don't have a history. Uh, he likes Neil Rodriguez as well. KKF versus Askarov. He likes O'Malianas. Uh, what's new here? What's new? Tai Tuivasa versus the loser of Derek Lewis versus Christakis. Uh, Silva versus Duplessis. Uh, Aaron Blanchfield versus Lauren Murphy. Wow. Ryan Hall versus Damon Jackson. That's fun. Tony Kelly versus Nate Manis. That's fun. And he likes Jillian Robertson versus the winner of uh, Melissa Gatto versus Sajara Eubanks. Drew Hilty says Dustin versus Connor four at 170. Not what I want to see, but that's what will happen. Kai versus Pantoja, I guess. This is probably the hardest person to match make for me. O'Malley needs to step up. Thought about him versus Garbrandt, but at this point, I don't think Cody has anything for him, so instead he'll get another alpha male rep in Song Yidong. Uh, Wildcard, Garbrandt versus Cruz 2. Back at 135. I'm sure Cruz would love to get that one back. Uh, Gerard Biagin. Oliveira versus Gaethje. Poirier money fights. Either Nate at 170 or the icky but still profitable Connor 4. Uh, Ponzinibbio versus the Muslim Salikov, Michel Pajeda winner, Kaikar France, Askar Askarov, Emmett versus Yair, Cruz Sanhagen, Dom's last chance to prove his title worth. That's a good way to actually kind of present that fight. Munez, another Munez versus Chris Curtis. Uh, Ryan Hall versus Lerone Murphy, AK. What are your thoughts on that one? I saw that one too. Like, I like Lerone Murphy. Why would I want to do that to him? Laron Murphy's a rising contender. Why do you want to ruin his career? I don't even. I, I, no, I, no, no. Hard pass. <laughs> no. Uh, and he likes Bruno Silva versus the winner of Joaquin Buckley versus Abdul Razak Al Hassan, which would just be an absolute banger. Uh, Zippa T. Ripa, longtime listener, first time caller. Love the podcast. Always look forward to y'all popping off on Foolish Matchmakers. Takes a big chunk of my Monday morning slog. Hope it's all right. I send my picks here because I don't we have don't a Twitter. Do that. We don't do that. I just do that. I'm waiting for the first meme no, to pop up on the new Instagram you're, page. You're very polite. You're very polite about it. Uh, he said he won a bunch of money betting on Pena. Lost a bit of my soul watching Dustin get choked out. Riding a wave of mixed emotions. Ain't that the game? Anyways, Oliver versus Justin. Would love to see Justin eat some crow for saying Charles has no heart. All right. Uh, Poirier versus the loser. Makachev versus Dariush. KKF versus Alex Perez. I'm sure Alex will want to get back in there ASAP after his fight fell through. That's not a bad idea. Emmett versus Zombie. Cruz versus Rob Font. I know you all hate prospect fights, and so do I. I but how fun would it be to see a ground war between Blanchfield and Casey O'Neill should she beat Roxanne Matafari? Uh, Garbrandt versus Marias. Loser gets the prestigious cracked up chin championship. Um, and let me let me ask you about this one, AK. For Jeff Neal. Jeff Neal versus Kevin Holland. Banger of a rematch. Years in the making. Makes sense for both guys. Both trying to find their footing at 170. What are your thoughts on Jeff Neal, Kevin Holland 2? Well, I had to be reminded that that uh, is a rematch. Um, so this happened. So I'm, I'm, I've literally, I'm literally just went to Wikipedia right now. So this was January 28, 2017. What I assume was probably the main event. I could be wrong. Of extreme. Oh, it had to be. Yeah, I mean, it was for a vacant middleweight title. The vacant XKO middleweight title. Extreme knockout 34. Uh, at Jeff, you know, lost to Kevin Holland. Third round TKO. So this is, I mean, I'm sure you guys all know this. This is uh something that's probably seen before and completely forgotten about yeah i mean that is the right name if kevin holland is going to make this you know long discussed move down to 170 again he didn't really have a reason to drop down anyway he was just he was cooking so much at uh, 185 i was like why 
why drop down, right? But you know that hasn't been the case this year, so understandable it's going to happen. Um, yeah, lo- I, I think I love the uh, the Holland possibility, and uh, I think a lot of people are going to be getting an auto point because um, this this really could happen. That yeah, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. Uh, Dylan Dilbo eighty four. Hey Mike, hope both you and AK are doing well through through this holiday season. Here's my second round of picks. So this is a sophomore appearance. Um, Dustin Poirier versus Michael Chandler. I don't know if that one gets him up in the morning, AK. Oh, Poirier? Yeah. Chandler was talking so much guff uh, on Twitter after the main event. Uh, he kind of was ramp, almost went like a Twitter ramble. Um, sort of talking about the fight, then talking about himself, then talking about Poirier. I think, I don't know, he was all over the place. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, like I said, th- this goes more with our hypothetical question I asked you. Like, if you could pick any matchup and the money was the same for Poirier, I, I would have Chandler very high up there. But we know the money is not the same. And it probably, like you said, not not high priority in reality. I think Chandler saw kind of his Connor fight idea maybe float away a little bit um but who knows maybe poirier jumps on the nate train and that's an option for chandler mm-hmm. uh he likes pena versus Sevchenko as well and i honestly think it would set up a rematch perfectly with nunez and valentina wins uh jeff neal versus the winner of stephen thompson versus below muhammad no because jeff neal already beat below muhammad and he just fought stephen thompson a year ago and lost so i just don't know if there's any value there mm-hmm. uh kkf versus cop O'Malley versus Munoz, Emmett versus the winner of Chikadze versus Cater. Maybe, maybe the loser of that fight. Uh, we got to remember this guy just came back from a long layoff, and that was that was a very close fight. Yeah, I, I can understand why people would score for Ige. Uh, Cruz versus Edgar. It's time for this legend versus legend throwdown, and I'm tired of waiting for it. Well said. Uh, Max Sherman, Kyra France versus Askarov, Neil versus Chiesa, O'Malley versus Edgar. Uh, we go back to Italy. Our friend Francesco. Neil versus Chiesa, Ponzinibbio versus Robbie Lawler, AK. No, we are <laughs> lobbying for Robbie for Tim Means. What about this do you people not understand? I like it. Robertson versus Calvillo, too. Not bad. Uh, Tuavasa versus Jarzinho Rosendrag. I really like that fight. Uh, Emmett versus Rodriguez, Cruz versus Sanhagen. Oh, AK. Ryan Hall versus Billy Q. Oh, I didn't see anyone in my... That's a great fight. I really like that one. Yeah, RIP Billy Q, but I mean, uh, (laughs) what a way to go up. I really like that one. Uh, Aussie dad bloke, Robbie Ryan. Good day, you blokes. Need to wait for some movement at 135 to match up Pena right now. I'd match her up with Ketlin Vieira. Cruz versus Garbrandt 2. Ige versus Rodriguez or Ortega. Car France versus Moreno versus Figgy winner. He says, give him a title shot. Nunez defends 145 versus Kayla Harrison. I'm glad this is brought up. We can address that in a moment. Uh, as an Aussie fan, Tuavasa versus Tybura. As an MMA fan, Tuavasa versus Aspinall. So there you go. Taking the bias was, out of it. I have to ask, was Kai Car France on anybody's title, like flyweight title radar before he beat? Like, it's crazy to me how many people I'm saying, I, I've seen say like, yeah, he's just get the title shot now. Like, he... So before this fight, he had sort of alternated wins and losses against very good competition, including a fight against the champ, Brandon Moreno. Um, and like you and you mentioned earlier, this sort of somewhat disappointing performance against Brandon Royval. He if he was going to lose to Brandon Royval, it was not in a way that he should have lost. Right? He he should be. He does on paper seem like the better striker and and was outstruck and then submitted. Um, it it is crazy to me that people want to see him jump the line right to a teleshot right now. I'm not against it. I I think it's fine. I think he does have a bo- overall body of work that's very strong. 
But man, that's all it took is is this this main card pay per view win over a possibly washed <laughs> Cody Garbrandt, and now he's the number one contender. That's man, this is a what have you done for me lately business, eh? You see the value Cody Garbrandt provides, eh? Jeez, Louise. Well, I don't want him to be used like that. All right. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. That's that's what happens. I'd no. rather I'd rather yes. happen now than when he's 38. He has his own value to himself. All right. Yes. And I, that, I think that should be. We can still work on that. Well, I mean, if you if you want to provide keep that value, then you just you just might not have you just might not be able to fight anymore. I'm sorry. Oh. That's just I'm sorry. That's just where he, where he's at right now. That's, that's what real. his name presents. Uh, he also really wants to see McGregor versus Chandler for the next title shot, but he's pretty sure they'll make Conor Poirier four because dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign. Okay, let's bring up Kayla Harrison. Big storyline coming out of this. A lot of people felt like Kayla Harrison saw a whole bunch of money fly away. I am in complete disagreement of that. What are your thoughts? That loss for Amanda Nunes, you saw the clip on ESPN MMA of Kayla Harrison reacting the way that she did. In your eyes, was that a reaction of a woman who just saw a lot of money fly away from her? Because to me, it didn't. I mean, I, I, I think inside there, there was certainly that thought in her mind. She's very savvy. She's very aware of what made the Amanda Nunes fight so valuable uh, and how valuable it is now. Like, again, I still think it's it's worth something. I still think it's a big name fight. You know, technically, Amanda Nunes still the the, the, the certainly the dominant champion at 145. Uh, Kayla Harrison, that is the division that she would like to lay claim to eventually. Um, she has been competing at 155 pounds. But she made uh, 146 for a fight with Invicta, and, and I, I believe in her in her mind, you know, if she if she had to make 145 like a couple of times a year, like on the dot, she could probably do it, and I wouldn't doubt her. She's she's very hardworking, and it wouldn't be fun. It wouldn't be fun, but she can definitely do it. Um, so yeah, I, I think there was some of that element in her reaction. But for the most part, I think like the rest of us is just sort of this what the f, uh, unbelievable, uh, type just out this outpouring of emotion. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I've made the case. Like I said, I still want to see this fight happen. I still want, still want to see a fight in the UFC. I still think it could be what's next for her, uh, even though she has plenty of options and uh, has has been making all the right moves to give herself leverage and uh, not necessarily have to play the the uh, Dana White game, which uh, which many fighters uh, have not been as fortunate um, to be able to uh, to manage. You know, most people it's it's Dana White's way or the highway. Kayla Harrison doesn't have to doesn't have to do that. But um, I still think we see that fight sooner rather than later possibly next year i don't think we ever see that fight i just mm. I, I just don't see it i never thought we'd see it like i never understood why there was so much hype around it i, I just don't get it i think kayla harrison is just savvy she's asked about it multiple times but they have a like they actually have a really good relationship like they actually have a pretty good relationship man nunes is a big part of kayla harrison's run to the finals in pfl they train together there's photos of them training together they both have talked about working with each other i just I just don't see it. I also don't see... Listen, I get it. The competitor in Kayla Harrison, sure, you want to go to the UFC and prove you're the best of the world and all that stuff. One, there's no division for her to prove that to. Like, you fight Amanda, and then literally you're done. Like, that's it. That's your entire UFC run. You fight Amanda, and you're done. But you're signed to a four-fight deal. There's nothing for her there. There just isn't. And I truly don't think... I think of the three options, she makes the least amount of money in the UFC. I think Bellator pays her whatever she wants. I really think Scott Coker is blank, like blank checking her at this point, as he should. And I think she can make a lot of money in the PFL. And I think she'll have a lot of power in the PFL. She's the face of the company. And if they're doing as well as they make it seem that they are, they're just going to continue. 
paying Kayla Harrison what she wants. And I will make the argument that Kayla Harrison actually made more money last night, despite the loss, because just her being in the building and the UFC throwing a, a lower third with Kayla Harrison's name on it, that made her more money because Bellator and the PFL were paying very close attention to that broadcast. They saw Kayla Harrison in the crowd on television. They're going to pay her more money now. So I don't think she lost a dime. In fact, I think she made more money last night just by being there. Zara Farn, Leah Letson, um, Norma Dumont, uh, Holly Holm go up to 145, GDR. Uh, Holly Holm doesn't <laughs> want to go up to 145. I, she might for a fight with Kayla Harrison so she can get judo to death, all right? Maybe that would be appealing to her. You don't know. You don't know, Mike. Or she could just stay in the PFL and fight at 55, and then she doesn't have to cut to 45 and make millions and millions of dollars. That's certainly a possibility as well. But but I, like, look, there is a prestige to fighting for the UFC. I, I get it. Prestige doesn't pay the bills. Prestige really is a me- prestige really should be a means to making a million dollars, which Kayla Harrison is already doing. But um, I, I think the UFC can can still give her a good deal. Okay, I, I know Dana White. All, he's really said all the things that makes you think he's that they're setting her up for like the most low of low ball uh, offers that you can manage. I don't but think she, so. But, well, I'm saying she is an Elliot Abdelaziz client. Elliot Abdelaziz usually gets his fighters a decent, you know, a decent payday. Probably not the best they could get if we're being honest with ourselves. 100%. But, but he does, you know, uh, you know, most of his clients will tell you they're very happy with their compensation. So um, I, I think that that is key to, 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 that, to that deal coming together with the UFC. And, uh, yeah, could she make more money in the PFL? Yeah, uh, most likely, like I said, both by her, whatever she gets paid for a fight normally, plus the $1 million prize at the end. Um and but, Bellator uh, too, and Bellator as well, sure. But I do think there's a prestige to the UFC and uh, opportunities the UFC can offer that other fighting organizations just cannot. And um, maybe that's an archaic way of thinking, but I do think it still holds true in uh, heading into 2022. And yeah, I'm I'm optimistic that 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 uh, we get to see in the UFC, even if the opportunities, uh, like as far as who she's going to fight there, are fairly limited. I still think she could sign with Bellator and then still fight in the UFC down the road. Sure, sure. Like I That's think, also- I think she, I like looking at Bellator right now. Like I know AJ McKee is there and all of that, and I don't know how long, much longer he's going to be there. And I think Bellator is well aware of that. I think Kayla Harrison could be the face of Bellator, like truly be the face of Bellator. I don't oh, think she could be the face of the UFC. She can't. We didn't even mention pro wrestling. Like she clearly, for someone who was, uh, you know, we we always say like a couple years ago, probably like, even farther back, I mean like three years ago, we all wondered, oh, but is she going to be able to kind of get into sort of the 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 uh, the combat sports rhythm of cutting promos and stuff. And she did really, PFL did a great job helping her along. She developed a, uh, her, a, com- a personality that feels natural and that she's comfortable with. The couple of times she's been on uh, all elite wrestling have been hilarious. Like she, again, she's just mostly been in the background, but you can tell she's like having fun. I think she'd make a lot of money for AEW or WWE if she, if she chose to go in that direction. And again, she wouldn't have to work there long. We're talking like she could have a six month run. She could have a, a run for a year, like like Ronda Rousey did. She's not as big as Rousey, but there's money to be made there as well. So, man, she has so many options. And uh, kind of lending to your she might never land in the UFC thing is like, yeah, let's say she does Bellator. After that, she could say, "Yeah, I'm going to go to All Elite Wrestling for a bit. I'm just going to do some fun stuff with Dan Lambert and and uh, you know ATT and." Uh, maybe I'll team up with Paige Van Zandt and beat up beat up some uh, some of the, the women over there. So she has options, uh, and and it's just it really is exciting to see how uh, how her career has come along ever since uh, her. I don't know if I'm going to even do MMA days. <laughs> yeah, good for her, man. She's she's doing it well, it's crazy. and uh, crazy. like Ali is the manager, but it, I give Kayla hundred percent credit for everything. 
I think she's done everything on her own, even to the point of going on Ariel show whenever she wants. I think that's great on her. Um, and she, she does it right. The manager works for the fighter. And if Kayla Harrison wants to go on Ariel's show, he, she can go on Ariel's show. And Ali Abdulaziz is not going to stop her. And I really respect that about her. Uh, so good on her. And she's in a great place right now. Uh, a couple more. Tristan Gordat. Jeff Neal versus D-Rod. D-Rod deserves a ranked guy. That fight seems fair. Oh, look at you, Tristan Gordat. Now you're on the D-Rod deserves, D-Rod deserves a ranked guy train. I Don't you. start, Mike. Don't start. Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm all, all good. Florida Mike. Florida Mike. Florida Mike. Uh, men's flyweight. Kai Car France <laughs> versus Alex Perez. Uh, UFC will match up Askarov versus Pantoja. So France versus Perez seems an ecological step. Sure. Uh, he likes O'Malley versus Marias. O'Malley gets a ranked guy. Marias last chance and has no choice but to take the fight. If he loses, he get released. If he wins, he keeps his job. I don't know if he gets released. Um, but yeah, he's kind of delegated to that spot until he gets a win. Um, he likes Josh Emmett versus Arnold Allen. I know Allen called out TKZ. I'm just not sure if he gets that fight. I don't think he gets that fight either. Uh, and I will say, I know I have... I can tell you this, and if you actually read our article about confirming this fight, the initial idea was Josh Emmett versus Arnold Allen for this card. Arnold Allen wasn't cleared, uh, so Danny Gay takes the fight on relatively short notice, says yes, and that's why we didn't get Arnold Allen. So uh, Bruno Silva versus Alex Pajeda. Wow. Wouldn't call this prospect versus prospect, but a great matchup. This fight seems more appropriate. Wouldn't give Silva a rank guy like Tavares just yet. Nah, can't really complain. He likes Blanchfield versus Cortez too. Sure. Uh, Toby Foster Taylor, Mr. Heck and Mr. Lee. The last month of MMA has been good to me. Wins for my OG favorites of 10 years. Dom, Aldo, Dubronx, and even a big win for Cheeto. My heart is full. Let's see what S Show 2022 has in store for us. He likes Jeff Neal versus Kevin Holland, too, at Welterweight. Uh, I wanted it last week, win or lose for Aldo. I don't need to see him fight TJ Arion again. Dom looked great. Cruz versus Aldo. Kai versus Cop on the Izzy card. Bruno Silva versus Carl Roberson. Andre Muniz versus Ian Heinish or Fluffy. Heinish is about to fight Sam Alvey. Fluffy is injured. Uh, we'll see when he gets back. Uh, he likes Blanchfield versus Wood as well. Tony Kelly versus Ricky Tercio. Sure. Uh, thanks as always, guys. P.S. Jed also said Oliveira didn't stand a chance and that Poirier was a guarantee. I'm yep. Team AK. Down with, down with Jed. Thank how easily we forget. How he, props all the props in the world to Jed on the Pena pick, but he 100% was could not have been more wrong. And by the way. I, I said this multiple times, but he just kind of got onto this Pena thing, and it's good on him for it. I've been saying Oliveira is the number one lightweight for like six months or whatever it was since he won the title, even before that, I think. So give me my flowers, please. Uh, and, and yes, let us temper our expectations of, uh, of Jed Worth in the future. He nailed this prediction uh, and uh, the Pena prediction. It was so, so far off in the main event. <laughs> I can't wait for our 2022 prediction show because I actually get a little vindication as well because we were asking, like, who would be the champion in each division at the end of the year, and I picked Charles Oliveira would be the lightweight champion at the end of 2021. So uh, we'll have to go back and, and check those picks out. We'll see what happens. AK, we're on to you, my friend. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Uh, all right, all right. Well, uh, let's talk about first some of the most popular picks here. Yeah, Olivera Gaethje was, is, is pretty much a lock. A lot of Poirier Chandler, Mike. Out of actually all the Poirier picks I got, uh, there were there was some uh, go up to welterweight to fight Luke, which I think would be a lot of fun. Uh, the Makachev Darius loser, of course, the McGregor quadrilogy and Nate Diaz. But I saw a lot of Poirier Chandler with uh, one listener, Colin Avery, saying this would probably be the 2022 fight of the year. So we're not even in 2022 yet. People are already predicting. Uh, what the fight of the year is going to be. But, you know, hey, sometimes these things are predictable. If you had told me that, if you told us 
uh, last December that uh, Poirier, I'm oh, sorry, excuse me, that Gaethje and Chandler were going to fight sometime in 2021, we probably would have said, yeah, that's a top three fight of the year candidate. So sometimes these things are pretty easy to predict. Everyone wants to see the Pena-Nunez rematch. Um, otherwise, of course, Pena-Shevchenko uh, rematch, as it were. Um, I think people just want to see Shevchenko become champ champ, uh, and it would likely happen, again, w- with respect to Pena. Uh, Neil versus Keza, most popular. Oh, well, Neil versus Keza and Neil versus uh, Li Jingliang. Both very popular for Car- Kai Car France, either Askarov or Pantoja rematch. Rematch, Mike, people had to remind me, hat tip to Toke Gerding Jensen and Marcus McGahey for reminding me that they did fight on the Ultimate Fighter uh, tournament of flyweight champion season. And uh, and I believe Pantoja won a two-round unanimous decision, I want to say. So technically a rematch of sorts. A lot of picks for O'Malley. The most popular one was Yanez. So a lot of people with me on that one. Uh, Emmett, Zombie, very hugely popular pick. And uh, Cruz versus Sanhagen. Was actually, I saw that most common. I think I didn't see too many Cruz versus Edgars sent to me anyway. A lot of Cruz Sanhagen. Uh, Tui Vasa Rosenstrike, maybe the most popular matchup of all that I saw. I, I think like eight, four out of five people who sent... Uh, who sent picks this week? It was Tui Vasa versus Rosenstrike. Uh, for Muniz, uh, I like Gaslam. I saw a lot of Gaslam picks. Um, Blanchfield, Calvillo, most popular pick for her that I saw. Also, the Araujo Grasso loser. Um, Mike, what were your thoughts on that one? They're fighting UFC 270. Um, both of those fighters, I would think, uh, somewhere in the top 15, either in our rankings or in the uh, UFC rankings. Um, yeah, that's not a bad one. I don't mind that one. Ryan Hall versus Alex Caceres. I really like that one. I do think that would be what's next. Um, uh, though I also liked Ryan Hall versus Andre Feely, uh, which Thomas Collins said, the problem with matchmaking for Ryan is finding a fighter that would be willing to fight him, given his awkward style. I think Andre is the one that will be willing to fight him. Yeah, Andre's kind of a quirky, like, funny guy. I do think he'd be like, he would think I could just take... He, he probably would even want to roll with him a little bit. <laughs> right. And uh, a lot of people want to see Robertson and uh, Tracy Cortez. Should I move on from the uh, Cortez... And uh, JJ Aldrich matchup. That's not getting rebooked, I guess, huh? I should, yeah. Is it time for me to move yeah, on I, with, that, my, with my life? It was time to move on from that like <laughs> eight months ago. No. Uh, all right, let's go to our emails first. Uh, Casey Carpenter, a uh, frequent contributor, wants to give a lot of love to Jed. Uh, they, uh, what do they say? Oh, they say they want to send a shout out to the Georgia Theater Company and Pooler Cinema. They say it's their go to place to save, uh, to watch pay per views and save money. And then, uh, and, and Casey says, uh, they can also tell my girlfriend uh, I took her to the movies. So that's, that's smart. There you go. You kill multiple birds with one stone there. Uh, Garbrandt versus Nicolau. I like that. I like Garbrandt versus Nicolau. I, I'm, a hu- I'm very high on Nicolau, as high as I am probably on Kai Car France. But that to me is a guy who's probably not going to knock him out. Um, and again, if he gets knocked out by Nicolau, then it's just we're all just really sad. And uh, Kate says, this is the correct answer, by the way. Ryan Hall versus anyone. This is always the right answer. Uh, and Casey knows it was great to see see him back because, uh, you know, he was supposed to fight in January, but uh, they don't remember that happening. Yeah, none of us do. Again, I, I remember it was supposed to be a fight with Ilya Topuri. I, I, if I recall, it just, just did not happen for whatever reason. Just a big blank spot there. Uh, Arnie from uh, shoutouts to... I'm going to butcher this. Arnie, I'm so sorry. Groningen of the Netherlands. Thank you, Arnie. Not a first-timer. Has has uh, sent in picks before. Uh, Pena versus GDR2. I do think we'll see that eventually. 
I don't know if it'll be a title defense. And then uh, Oliveira versus Dariush, assuming he beats Makachev. Uh, Arnie says they will book Gaethje Oliveira, but if <laughs> if Gaethje gets injured, uh, sorry, so predicting that Gaethje gets injured, something swimming pool related apparently, then Dariush beats Islam and takes Gaethje's spot. So big Islam, uh, big, uh, excuse me, Benil Dariush fan here. Uh, let's go to Twitter now. I've got a couple of first timers. Happy to welcome them. And uh, maybe even bust their chops a little bit. I'll start with Tony Perez. First time, long time, would like to see Cruz Font, Emmett, and Dan Hooker. Of course, Hooker drops down to 145. And O'Malley versus the winner of uh, Ricky Simone and uh, Rafael Asensio. So thank you, Tony. First time. Uh, another first timer who had a little bit of a rougher go of it. Brando. This is Brando on Twitter. Uh, sorry, I want to bring this up here because I got to bust their chops a little. So uh, they asked first, is this where I send picks? Yeah, of course, uh, uh, they said Ryan Hall versus Hakeem Dawadu, Tony Kelly, Benito Lopez. There's a name we haven't seen in a while. And uh, Bruno Silva versus Edmund Shabazian. Uh, uh, Hakeem Dawadu is booked to fight Mike Trezano on February 5th, uh, which Brando did remember. Uh, and he said, uh, Hakeem is already booked. I'm going to kill myself. I was drunk and forgot. Uh, Brando, it's okay. These mistakes happen. Uh, do you not need to take these things? We take these things very seriously, but that's fine. Everyone Look, does it. Who knows? Maybe Tre- like Trezano's had a hard time getting back in the octagon. So maybe something go. happens and get a slot him in. And then maybe you get to check the tapes. There you go, Brando. See, people think Mike is me. See, we're picking Brando up. Brando slipped. He stumbled. He knows he made a mistake. And, and there's Mike there to pick him up. First timers. First timer. I mean, first timer. Yeah, that's that's the false sense of security. If you do it again, <laughs> I'm going to roast your ass. But go ahead. <laughs> Just kidding. Jerry McNulty uh, wants to see you and I do a shoey. Where do you stand on the shoey, Mike? I'm not doing a shoey. Ever? No. I'm not doing are, a shoey. Are you against the whole practice of it, or you're just not doing it? No, it's just not for Like, I'm not against the practice of it. Tai Tuivasa loves the shoey, and if he loves the shoey, he should do shoeys. And if you love doing shoeys, you should do shoeys. If you don't like them, you should not be forced or requested to do them. And if you say no to said request, no one should give you crap for it. Uh, no. Uh, w- would you do it. it out of your own shoe? No. <laughs> I'll cheat. Just, I'll cheat. I'm just testing the boundaries here. I will put a sh- you, I'll put a rocks glass in the shoe and put the liquid oh. in the in the rocks oh, okay. glass and then drink it okay. out of the rocks glass in the shoe. <laughs> That's an old wedding trick, by the way. If you DJ oh. a wedding and there's a family tradition of a shoey and the bride doesn't want to do it, you convince her to do it by putting a shot glass or some sort of like snifter of some kind in the shoe pour the liquid in the shoe then you drink it out of the glass while in the shoe and your the family thinks you're drinking out of the shoe what what wedding have you gone to where there was a you've gone to a wedding where i've dj like three or four weddings where shoeys were like family traditions of the groom really? and the bride was totally against it and i suggested the shot glass and they were like oh that's a great idea and the groom's family is obviously inebriated to a certain extent where they didn't notice and she was a hero and she didn't drink out of her shoe uh, i don't drink alcohol at all so doing any sort of shoey sounds insane to me uh maybe i'll do a milk shoey doesn't that sound great oh my god I, I, doesn't that sound it's wonderful very, a milk shoey it's very curt angle of you that yeah that would just make people vomit i think seeing me do that it would make oh just make straight up make people nauseous uh, so anyway, Jeremy Nolte, I don't think we'll be, uh, Mike or I will be doing a shoey anytime, an actual legitimate shoey anytime soon. Um, he wants to see Cruz Dillashaw too. Uh, and he mentions Ortega versus y- Yair Rodriguez because he wants to set up then Emmett and Zombie and then the winner of those two fights uh, fight for a title shot. So yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Uh, at Ayo, it's dad. 
I had a nice, uh, what a card. I don't even want to book Pena. I just want to bask in watching such an upset. Only going 2-0 in 2021. She has an argument for fighter of the year for this win over the consensus quotes. Uh, no. No, she doesn't. Uh, <laughs> so I'm sorry. Not over Valentina. Just no chance. No, not over Valentina. Not over Kamara. Uh, he's saying fighter of the year, period. So not Oh, over like overall? Not no. female fighter of the year? No, no, no he's just saying fighter Pena of the year. Pena definitely has an argument for female fighter of the year. She's definitely in sure. the top three. She, but I don't think the, I think Shevchenko wins it, um, but yeah, she's she's in the discussion now. That's for damn sure. This is true. I, I will say she could make. She might just make the top five based on this one win alone. That's fine. Fine. I I, I won't fight that. But not the fighter. You're not over Kamaru Usman. Um, uh, Neil versus Curtis. Uh, he says I think it's a wonderful way to pay back Curtis for his impromptu middleweight performances. Fast tracking him in welterweight. I don't know if a Jeff Neal fight is fast tracking him in welterweight. Uh, I also think Jeff should fight down more time before another shot at someone like Brady or Chiesa. Uh, yes, but I agree. But I just don't agree with the fast track notion. Bruno Silva versus Kevin Holland. Boy, that would be freaking tough. That's uh, that's a <laughs> welcome. Bad. Yeah. Welcome to 185, sir. Welcome to 185. Yes, going Ryan... back to 170, Kevin. Stay away from that fight. <laughs> Ryan Doherty, uh, Tony Kelly versus Nate Manis. I like it. Ryan Hall versus Brian Ortega. This has been proposed before, I think, on the show. I am. You could do it in Submission Underground. I say do it in the UFC. I say do it in the UFC. You want to see Ryan Hall get really hurt, don't you? I don't. Would he? I don't know, man. On Brian the feet, Ortega's dude. Up. I think Brian Ortega. I think Brian I Ortega mean, would have an incredibly huge advantage on the feet against Ryan. Sure, Hall. I, I think it's going to go to the ground, though. I think it's going to go to the ground, and then let's see how how that fancy Gracie Jiu-Jitsu does against Ryan Hall Jiu-Jitsu. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice it's a nice fight. It's just not a nice fight right this second. And then Ryan Doherty also proposes Bruno Silva versus Eric Anders. I guess he wasn't happy seeing Eric Anders getting jujitsu to death. He also needs to see him getting blindado bombs to death as well. I, I, okay, I don't know what Eric. I Anders actually don't have you. a big problem with that fight. I don't have a big Why, problem with though. It. Why Bruno Silva's like is moving way up? Oh no, I, I guess he's stylistically guess... Eric Anders. Eric Anders could hang in that fight. I don't think he wins I, it, but I think he's. I think he would be competitive in that fight. I don't know if anyone outside of the top 15 hangs with Bruno Silva in a striking battle right now. That dude is a maniac. He he's. I don't know if he's technically the best striker, but man, once he smells blood, like either his own, no, specifically his own, I should say, he just goes bananas on people. Again, I don't know how far that's going to take him, but man, I, don't stand and bang with this guy. Uh, uh, Nunes versus... Oh, Hayes the third. Uh, sorry, this next bunch of picks here. Uh, wanted to say, uh, uh, congratulations on my run in the BTL tournament. Thank you, Hayes. Uh, <laughs> mentions that I think in reality where Jake Paul knocks out another former UFC fighter and uh, Tyrone Woodley focuses on his rap career aren't ideal. But uh, you, I, saying, praising me for putting that out there, going toe-to-toe with the, the goat of uh, BTL, Phoenix Carnivale. Uh, and he says, I will say I'm a bit disappointed. I never heard hashtag we believe lee as a tagline for the run uh i'm not disappointed i'm glad we never heard that and uh thank you no one for bringing that up it's terrible <laughs> <laughs> uh, ne- uh let me see oh garbrandt versus jeff molina now we're all very high in molina mike um he likes this one he says staying one to- he thinks staying one to five is the right call if he can still make the weight comfortably he's been fighting top quality guys just needs to step back uh, set him up for uh, and Jeff Molina might be odd, but Molina's put on some fun fights. He can become a rising name in the division with a win, and Cody keeps his name alive if he wins. And uh, Molina wouldn't lose a ton of stock. I agree, but I think that's one of those things you would say, Mike, where Molina has much more to gain 
than than Garbrandt does. But he has a hundred percent more to gain than Cody That's Garbrandt fine. does. I just, but I also think it's a winnable. Fight. Like I've said it before, any fight that Cody Garbrandt, I would favor Jeff Molina in that fight. I, I think a lot of people would, but I don't think that means that he would like steamroll Garbrandt. I, I think he, I, I like I said, any win that Garbrandt can get is a good win. I don't care who it is. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I, I get where you're coming from. You. This is more of a. I really you like Jeff Molina more. Garbrandt gets smashed by Manel Kaff or Sean O'Malley or anyone right now this is what you are man like this is what like this is what you've become he's 30 years old to fight for a title less than a year ago he is not a stepping stone it's time for him to go back that's exactly i I hate that stepping stone is so it just sounds rude but that's essentially what he is that's essentially what he is but i'm still putting him in position to shine if he wins it's all forgotten it's like Tiger Woods. It's like Tiger Woods, man. You go out there and you do dumb things and your wife attacks your your Cadillac Escalade and yeah. people think you're the worst I, I person agree. on the planet. But then you go out and you win a golf tournament. <laughs> you go out there in a playoff against Rory McIlroy. No one thinks you can win. And you go out there mm-hmm. and you beat him. Everyone forgets about it. They don't care. That's sports. Yes. You go out there but and you I, beat Jeff Molina, cool. But it doesn't, they're just gonna be like, wow, I beat Jeff Molina. They're going to no, beat the guy see, who only I, has two I, fights I, in the I'm UFC. You, I disagree. I think it doesn't matter who he beats. You and he Casey are so adorable. He needs a win. He just needs any win. If you don't think – I get look, it'd be great if you get him a win over a bigger guy. Of course, that would matter more. Any win will help this guy in his career. Any win. I don't care if it's If Jeff I'm Molina, his manager, if I'm his manager and they offer me that fight and I'm Jeff Molina – you better get a new contract and a bump in pay, or else I'm that fight means makes no sense to you. He has no leverage right now. I don't know. I, he has no leverage. He's he just has to fight someone that he can beat. But and he has I, money. I, he but he's contractually getting paid a lot of money to fight. Sure, sure. And Jeff Molina is probably making contender series entry level money. Mm-hmm. And yeah, what? Like, there's not even a ton. There's not even like a ton of financial and business upside for Jeff Molina to fight Cody Garbrandt right now. Like well, he'd like we win, and he we just said he'd have 100 percent more to gain from that fight. He, right, in, in some ways, but still, like you got to be smart about it and say, sure, it's a great fight, but at the same time, like this is a big name, and you're only paying me 12 and 12 to fight this guy. I think we need to bump this up a little bit, like in triplicate. 36 36 so it's the so it's the molina side you think is getting it's the sean o'malley this is the sean o'malley blueprint like this is what you should do like if i'm sean o'malley and i'm offered cody garbrandt i'm not taking that fight until i get a new contract which Hmm. it appears he's getting it like there's so many intangibles it's not that i want to see cody garbrandt just get folded it just there's intangibles this gives everybody the opportunity to shine i don't know if it gives Cody that like uh, it's a win and cool but you're a guy that was booked to fight for a title a year ago and if you beat Kaikar France they would have put you in a title fight again Mm -hmm. but instead because you lost we're gonna have you fight an unranked rookie prospect in Jeff Molina no that's terrible he listen listen this is all these ifs are all great if he fought for the title last year he didn't if he beat Kaikar France he didn't we have to recalibrate dramatically our expectations of Cody Garbrandt and and uh, his, his potential leverage and negotiating power, of which he has none now. Other than, like I said, he's already on a really good contract. But I, I don't think him or his management or the people booked to fight him, uh, like, I, they, I don't think anyone has that much leverage in the situation. So uh, regarding Al- whatever Garbrandt matchup comes so, up. So if Alabama loses the SEC championship and they're a win mm-hmm. away from the BCS, 
and they had a tough year. They lost a game like early on, and you know they're they were so close to getting to the BCS tournament. Let's just have you play. You should probably play in the Rose Bowl against you know a team that's like ranked number eleven, that's come out of nowhere, that's that's done very well. But no, we're gonna put you against Boston College, who was three and seven, but they won three fights in a, oh, three Mike. games in a row. Like it's this just an, no. This is a very creative analogy. This isn't college football. It's not anything it's sports, like college. AK. It's not even. Cl- this is like when people try to make the open scoring argument and say like, "Oh, but like basketball, they don't know the score." It's completely different. It's it's a fun analogy to make. They're not accurate comparisons at all. It, it's it it is the definition of apples and oranges. You, you cannot compare the matchmaking in MA to the matchmaking or schedule of any other sport. It just doesn't work that way. And also, by the way. Garbrandt does not have the track record of Alabama. Let's not act like he's the Alabama uh, because he was a former UFC champion. That he's the Alabama of the UFC bantamweight division. That's a way, way, way out there, and and it would be fine. far Clemson more Clemson or Georgia or something like that. That's fine, but the scenario a powerhouse you, it, SEC the scenario you presented team. is is, is is it sounds absurd. You're right because the exact example you picked is absurd. It would not be absurd to see Cody Garbrandt matched up with Jeff Molina or Zavruk Adeshev or, I don't know, Zaga Sumagulov. It, it really wouldn't be that crazy. It would be pretty brutal. It wouldn't be. I think if you're the WFL right now, you're listening to this and thinking, how can we change MMA? Like, your goal is to change MMA. That's what we do. We just, we're yeah. going to pay everybody exactly the same, which they're trying to do, by the way, and I Oof. think that's great. But mm. now we don't have to worry about meritocracy. We're just worried about building these guys' careers. It's not about what's best for business and all of that stuff. We're all equals. We're all equals. And if you if you lose a couple of fights, you go back and you fight somebody ranked well below you. And that's okay in that company. It's just not the business practice of the UFC when the pay discrepancy is just so outrageously different from fighter to fighter. It's And it's not... It's not Jeff Bellina's fault. It's not even Cody Garbrandt's fault. It's just the state of the company and the fighters not coming together to collectively bargain a better deal that would make a fight like Cody Garbrandt versus Jeff Bellina a lot more sensical. It's just not a sensical fight for the UFC right now. It just isn't. And it's unfortunate because I... I'm not a mean dude. Like I would, you know, I'd like to see Cody go out and get a win, but I look at things from the view of what is more likely to happen. And the UFC is not going to be like, dude, we have this Zaruk Adeshev guy who only has like four pro fights. Why don't you go fight that guy? I just, it's just not going to happen. It's just, it sucks, but that's just, that's life. That's life in the UFC. For me, it's my Cody, you have no leverage. And that's Uh, why Kayla Harrison, go to Bellator. Yeah. Don't go to the UFC. Go to Bellator. Stay where you're at. Cody has no leverage. I think whoever they throw at him, I don't think he can object. And like I said, I, I don't know what the matchmakers are thinking with him. I, he has no leverage, though. It's whoever he has. They say he fights. He's going to fight. Yep. That, that's how I look at it. Yeah. Sure. Um, Cruz, what do you think of this one? If if Aljamain Sterling loses to uh, Piotr Jan, the rematch, uh, fights Dominic Cruz. Hmm. Hayes is thinking here is that obviously uh, if uh, Sterling beats Cruz, you know, it's just good for another name to add to Sterling's resume, keeps him legitimate. And if Cruz wins, he is he is literally probably one fight away or at least right put in the shortlist for a title shot. If he fights, if that's what in fact happens, if Piotr Jan beats Aljamain Sterling and the UFC bounces Sterling back to fight Dominic Cruz, if Dominic Cruz wins that fight, he's fighting for the title. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There's no one more win. He's fighting for the title. And it would not shock me. And that's why, like, 
I'm I don't love Cruz Aldo. Like I just don't love the concept of it just from a sensical standpoint. But from a UFC standpoint, I kind of like it because it it would not shock me in one bit if the UFC booked that fight and the winner would fight for the title. Like Dillashaw be damned, it would not surprise me at all if that's the UFC's approach to this. Like let's give let's give Dominic Cruz one more shot. Let's give you know, let's give Jose Aldo one more shot over some of these other guys. It wouldn't shock me at all. It really wouldn't. So, yeah, I mean, I don't. I actually like that. That's that's some good outside of the box thinking. Well done. Yeah, I agree. That 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 is probably one of my favorite picks of the week. So thank you, thank you, Hayes III for that. Uh, let's go on to Dax here, who had some good picks. I really liked uh, Ryan Hall versus the Elkins Swanson loser from December eighteenth. Uh, I'm more focused on the Elkins part of that. I feel like I need to see Ryan Hall and Darren Elkins fight. That feel like that would just be a wacky. One of those fights, if you think you can predict how it's going to go, I mean, other than Ryan Hall's submission in 12 seconds. Other than that, if that didn't go that way, I have no idea how that fight would go. I think. Wait, was, who? Uh, if he fought Elkins. Ryan Hall? Elkins. Yeah. They already fought. Did they? Yes, Ryan Hall was landing like spinning head kicks and dropping Darren Elkins. <laughs> I have no record. So you're not wrong. Like, what? that's exactly how the fight happened. Like, that's exactly how it played out. And Ryan Hall beat him. Did he also fight Ilya Topuria, apparently? <laughs> What? I'm, I'm just, you know what? No, this is to be, you know, you know, Wikipedia, anyone can edit, uh, you know, anyone can edit. It's free, right? Anyone can go in and edit. So that yeah. must be what happened here. Okay. I don't think he fought Darren Dawkins or Elio Tupuria. This is all, I don't remember any of this. Um, okay. Well, anyway, uh, well, that that is uh, uh, Dax's suggestion. Uh, and look, that was, and that was a couple of years ago. I still, I'd be down to see them fight again. So I, I don't mind reading that one out. But uh, Swanson would be interesting. I don't. Uh, Swanson had got a severe like uh, knee injury in a grappling contest not too long ago. I I don't know if he wants any part of Ryan Hall. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Four Corner Sports NY just trying to kill me with this O'Malley versus Edgar pick. I know he wasn't the <laughs> only one, but goodness me, I just I cannot take it. Uh, you hate Cruz versus Devalish really as much as I do, right? <laughs> oh God, yeah. Don't do this, right? Just don't do this. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, if you want to do. <sighs> Man, Marab's in a tough spot. Like, he really is. And, yeah, I don't know. And, by the way, I really hope Cruz gets booked not against Corey Sanhagen really badly just so I can win the battle with our our little website troll who comes in and just attacks all my picks all the time. Uh, and he's not, getting five, he's not getting five of my personal lot no points. I'm not doing <laughs> it. I think he's. I think the pieces is made. I haven't seen them recently. Yeah. Uh, Steven Breder also throwing out the Bruno Silva versus Edmund Shabazian matchup. That would be my most my most hated matchup of the week. Why? I think Bruno Silva would kill him. I, maybe I'm just like super high on Bruno Silva. I think Bruno Silva would just kill him. So what's wrong with that? I don't want Edmund Shabazian. I have nothing against Edmund Shabazian. I don't need Edmund Shabazian to die. <laughs> what, what, what? What is? This is fighting. He's no. not gonna die. He's, no. He might get hurt, but he's not gonna die. <laughs> His career will die. This is no. This, he just this lost. Fun. He just got bolted by Nasruddin Imamov, who's a very good prospect, by the I way. I know. But like I know. trajectory, we... those two guys fighting would make a lot of sense. Would it? It would. How is... He's lost three in a row. Shabazz is the three exactly. in a row. Exactly, and that's what I'm saying. Like Bruno Silva, shouldn't he be fighting someone who's on a like has coming off a win? Why? Why are we throwing a guy on a three fight losing streak in there with Bruno Silva? Bruno Silva is is a vile, evil man. Again, name supersedes rankings more than half the time. Edmund Shabazz's name is not that big. It cannot be that big. It's bigger than Eric Anders' name. 
No offense, Eric Anders. I like Eric Anders. Nice guy. Again, like I said, I know the UFC is merciless. I think even they have to be, again, recalibrating their expectations of Shabazzian. Well, essentially, we will see in 2022, Mike. We will see if if there's any change. I mean, I don't know why there would be. But any adjustment in their philosophy regarding guys like Cody Garbrandt, Edmund Shabazzian. Um, who did you mention earlier? Asun Sal. Asun Sal is coming off. He's, is he coming off three straight losses or am I thinking of someone else? Yeah. Asun Sal, right? Yeah. If he loses to Ricky Simone, what are they going to do with him? It is interesting, like, what... Because, like you said, these are all guys who are good fighters uh, with name value. And and I don't think they'd get released. I mean, I could – maybe it's true. Maybe in Us and Sal, maybe he's a bigger ticket like sort of contract. It is it is funny. Um, how much more losses can these guys take? Because they're still valuable fighters. Um, and the UFC is still scooping up, you know, contender series guys constantly every week. So I don't know. I, I, I hope a lot of these guys get more chances. Anyway, I, I hate the Bruno Silva Shabazzian. And that's – and see, the contender series would actually be a great platform to answer some of these questions. Oh, right? we've talked about this. Yeah. Like we, like we, this we serve is, as a, a redemption aspect. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And you give the guys the option. Like, I know. Like Garbrandt after last night, you could be like, dude, like you're making a lot of money. You just got bolted again. Like you're you're – so I'll give you two choices. If you want to stay, okay, if you want to stay, go on the Contender Series and fight another 35, like fight Javier Asuncao again. Or fight somebody who's lost two or three. No, the Tyson Nam fight. If you want to do Cody Garver versus Tyson Nam on the Contender Series, winner stays, loser goes home. Like, how much more interesting would that be? I know. And it gives know. you and it gives you exactly what you want, and it makes sense. It I know. makes sense and, from that perspective. And who wouldn't watch this stuff? Who wouldn't watch a little tweak to the Contender Series or the Ultimate Fighter? God forbid we do anything to these sacred cows that the UFC has established. But, I mean, please, guys, just play around with the format a little bit. Ah, oh, so uh, fun. How, and, look, how much would the fighters like it? I, I don't know. But, I mean, but, but you give them the option. Or you can, or they could just get released and go fight somewhere else. Like, it's up to them. That, they make the choice. That's, that's our thing. Look, as much as we hate how much control the UFC has over its fighters... The fact that they do means maybe you you know if if you are going to be this controlling uh, you know entity anyway maybe have a little more fun with it. Uh, <laughs> Nate Andrews is insisting I, I had to read this. Uh, we need to give Jed and Otno point. He said hashtag rules rule at the same time every so often in sports we have these moments where we break the rules uh, for what makes sense. That Pena win was one of those moments. Therefore you have to give Jed and Otno point. He'll probably wasting it bidding it on uh, UGA football anyways, but he deserves it. That was absolutely bananas. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, Michael Perugini. <laughs> Michael Perugini also likes Garbrandt versus Kopp. I really could see that one being made as much as I hate it. Uh, Cruz versus O'Malley. There's heat there, but eh, I don't know. I don't know if I want that now. Emmett versus Barboza. Mitchell winner. They're fighting uh, March 5th. You'll see 272. A little bit farther ahead, but I, I could see Emmett waiting. I, I don't know if he's in a rush to get back in there. Uh, rebook to Ivasa versus Walt Harris. Ryan Hall, Damon Jackson. I like that. Uh, Cody Hartman, Cruz versus Edgar, thank you. Muniz versus Duplessis, rebooked that one. And at the end, he says, uh, looking forward to Chris Dawkins KO next week. Calling mm. a shot. And uh, this year has been great. Every event makes me love this sport more, except for Tate versus Vieta. Ouch. Uh, Thomas Collins, uh, just rebooked Perez Schnell. And uh, Car France versus the Moreno for Guerrero Loser. Braden O'Neill, I got to read the end of this one too. Uh, I like this pick. I know we both mentioned, I think, already. Blanchfield versus the Eubanks uh, Gato winner. I Actually, that's like a pick I like the most for her. Uh, Ryan Hall versus Tukagov. Uh, Tony Kelly, Alateng Haile, uh, Robertson versus Antonina Shevchenko. And uh, they know you could honestly make any matchup with Emmett, Zombie, Yair Rodriguez, uh, Arnold Allen, and you wouldn't be wrong. Yeah, I'd, I'd hope we see some combination of those in 2022. Fantastic. Sure. 
Uh, Liam Perry, Pena versus Pennington, and she beats Chiasson December 18th. Uh, Bruno Silva versus Brendan Allen. Ooh, tough matchup. Tough matchup. I think that I, that one I like a lot. You got to do Brendan Allen versus Shabazian. I know we were talking about Shabazian earlier. I but like that's, that. I like that. Yes. That, that's that a heat like fight a that that would be a great contender series headliner yes. fight. Yes. Perfect. Our redemption, uh, the, the, the redemption series uh, headliner. <laughs> uh, Toke Gerding Jensen. I just want to give him credit because uh, they do. Oh, he said, uh, our man in Denmark says, I hope uh, Cody Garbrandt is set up for retirement. That's the only matchup he wants to see. He said, I can't watch this anymore. So uh, I, I, I Toke, I don't think you're the only one who feels that way. Uh, and uh, Bruno Silva versus uh, Jack Marshman, one of the uh, one of the ones I hadn't seen before thrown out there. Marcus McGahey called this the uh, uh, face. Oh, I really should have screened this one first. The face the Pena edition. Oh, that's excellent. That's all worth it. That's all worth it. Uh, Martin Muniz, uh, Muniz versus Brendan Allen. There you go. Brendan Allen coming up again. Uh, Bruno Silva versus uh, Durayev because uh, uh, he wanted Puna versus Durayev before, I think, and said, Puna is now booked. So now I call on my guy, Bruno, to deliver uh, cat justice. Yes, uh, Durayev has some unfortunate videos in his past where I believe he's like, training using a live cat, which is unsavory. Uh, Barry O'Reilly, almost at the end of the Twitter here. Barry O'Reilly, uh, Ryan Hall versus Kron Gracie. We don't know where this guy is, but uh, obviously it would be a great fight. Yep. Blanchfield versus uh, Maria Agapova. I just feel like Blanchfield's probably jumped ahead of her at this point. Yeah, no I, way. No yeah, way. I think most people, would, she'd be like a three to one favorite against Agapova. Um, Muniz versus Hadolfo Vieira if uh, he beats Wellington Terman. Uh, so it's a little jiu-jitsu contest. And then uh, Josh Emmett, Yair, uh, Jeff Neal, Daniel Rodriguez. Oren Sleepwalker says uh, that uh, Augusto Sakai just needs to go to PFL at this point, which, uh, which uh, yeah, I think would make sense. He can go, go win a million dollars there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap up with Instagram here, guys. Uh, let's go with a newcomer who just messaged me as we were doing the show. And they're only... Is their message disappeared? All right, maybe I shouldn't read this. All right, this is weird. This is freaking me, this is freaking me out, guys. Their, 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 their thing was just like a crystal ball. Um, and uh, I... Okay, well, no, here they... Okay, so I have their picks here. So first timer from FFS0807. Ryan Halvers, Tugagov, Car uh, France, Askarov. Oh, what's some other good ones here? Garbrandt, either Tim Elliott or <laughs> Tim Elliott, if he wants to regain some confidence, Tim Elliott could beat him. Or Manel Kopp, if his ego still pushes him to believe that he's still one of the best players in the world. Spoiler, he is not. Ouch. Wow. Love Coming in from, hot on the first one. Love from France. So uh, thank you. Uh, uh, merci beaucoup, FFS0807. Uh, all right. John Brake, first timer. Uh Dustin should move up to 170 face to face. Diaz just want the best business move for him at this point. Could skyrocket him to a title shot at 170. Sadly, that's true. Uh, without having to fight any ranked 170 pounders. Yeah, I, I, this is very true. Uh, imagine a timeline where Dustin beats Nate and Conor McGregor at 170. The momentum would be uh, insane. Yeah, I mean, look, that's the way the business works. I know some people are probably rolling their eyes, but uh, for sure. You think they wouldn't book him and Usman, uh, Poirier and Usman? They'd love that. Uh, John, John Stewart, I think is his name. Neil versus Holland, Car France, Askarov, Bruno Silva, Chris Curtis and Muniz Gaslam. I saw a lot of uh, Gaslam getting thrown in here with some of these guys. Uh, Dylan Shoot, where are you, Dylan? Dylan Shoot, super excited. Uh, they are from Australia. So first of all, I want to say I've really loved the shows of late. Hope you and Mike have been well. OMG, how good did the boys from Australia and New Zealand look tonight? They did everyone proud. So uh, think, well, we're happy for you, Dylan. Zach Raby, Car France versus Alex Perez, MMA heads O'Malley versus Munoz. Yeah, right? Sure. 
I damn. He, he's not calling. Sheesh. I mean, listen, listen. Stylistically, that might be the worst matchup for O'Malley right now. Oh, you think so? Because of those leg kicks, man. Oh, man. Okay. I mean, he's brutal with those <laughs> if he's on. Oh yeah. Um, I get it. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to see. I think that's that actually might be the best fight of all. Just to see, like that's going to answer all the questions because Pedro ain't going to Pedro ain't going to be nervous about that sugar show, and he's got a style that would give O'Malley some problems. So I, yeah, I, I'm I'm in on that one. I'm I like it. Uh, Dad, oh sorry, Matt Bradbury, Garbrandt Brazil, also throwing out Garbrandt Brazil and a bunch of other picks. Matt Bradbury always uh, delivering. A uh, Dad Jackson. Uh, I want to read their intro here. Uh, well, this isn't loading for some reason. Uh, well, anyway, I, I also want to shout out uh, Dad Jackson. They said <laughs> they wanted me to shout out their their uh, podcast last time, Shed Dogs on Spotify. I will do so now. I just wanted to make sure they, they weren't uh, banned from Instagram for some reason. They said one of their accounts was taken down because they were harassing uh, Jerry the King Lawler or something. So I don't know what that's about. That what? sounds a bit weird. Look, I don't want to get into it, but uh, you know that's that's Dad Jackson's business. Uh, Ryan Hall versus Sadiq Youssef, Bruno Silva, Darren Till. Uh, I know there's a rumor he's fighting uh, Uriah Hall, but I don't think we've had any. Yeah, I, I don't know where this. I don't know where these reports come from. Listen, here's the deal, and this is a this is a lesson to everybody. I know some people cruise through Facebook and they see certain websites who have who treat social media in a different way. If you if we haven't reported a fight, it's not done. It's not a thing. So, and it and it stinks because like fighters like Andre Muniz had an opportunity in the cage to just call out Darren Till and cut a promo on him, but he's under the a belief because of some of these websites and some of these social media pages that Darren Till is already booked. Darren Till is not booked. All Uriah Hall did was just say, "Hey, Darren, let's fight," and that's it. Like, and Uriah Hall's doing exactly what Uriah Hall should be doing. He should be calling mm-hmm. out Darren Till. And I liked Andre Muniz calling out Darren Till. And I think that fight is still an option for him. Yeah. Um, but as I, far as I know, that fight is not done or anywhere close to being done. Um, but Darren Till should probably headline that card against somebody. I, I like Bruno Silva Till, too. I like that suggestion as well. Uh, Emmett versus Dan Hooker if he dropped down to 145. Uh, Carlos Buckley Cazetas likes through Pena versus Irene Aldana out there. I, okay. I just thought it was worth mentioning. I mean, sure, but no. I mean, after the Thank Holly Holm fight, yeah, after the Holly Holm fight, she needs at least one more win, probably two. <laughs> Thank you for the pick, Carlos. And uh, Michael Conifer, let's close out with Mark Conifer, who, who does run the Otno and Otno and MMA fighting meme page. So thank you for that, Michael. <laughs> He's been adding to it every now and then. It's got only got a few posts right now. And uh, I missed this last week because he messaged me through the meme page, not through his personal page. Uh, he was successful in his amateur boxing debut, he won by TKO. Uh, uh, so congrats, Michael. Nice, dude. Uh, I don't see if there's any other details he gave me here. But yes, that, that's why I think he wasn't available to send in some picks. But um, uh, yes, amateur boxing debut won by TKO. So congrats. Uh, I knew our listeners could kick some ass as well. Uh, and uh, Nunez really pushing for Nunez Shevchenko 3, which could still happen. I don't know if that happens next right now. And Poirier versus Covington for the inaugural bruiserweight championship so there we go uh a lot of guys uh you can reach me at alexander kk lee on instagram at alexander k lee on twitter alex.lee at espionation.com uh we had a big show this week mike yeah this might be the longest show in the history of the show and um, worth and worth worth it it is uh we got one more matchmaking show next week okay uh coming out of ufc vegas 45 
right? Yes. We're on 45. Okay. Uh, Derek Lewis versus Chris Dawkins, the main event. Steven Thompson versus Bilal Muhammad, the co-main event. Great fight. Uh, our good friend Angela Hill fighting Amanda Lamosh. Boy, that's that's oh. that's a fight. That's an interesting fight. Uh, Rafael Sunso takes on Ricky Simone. Great one at 155. Diego Fajera versus Matush Gamrot. Big fight for Fajera. Probably needs to win that one. Uh, Darren Elkins, Cub Swanson. Gerald Mearshart has his like 487th different opponent for this mm-hmm. card. Mm-hmm. Now fighting Dustin Stoltzfus. Hayoni Barcelos is fighting Victor Henry in the UFC in the year of our Lord 2021. <laughs> Victor Henry is fighting in the UFC next week yeah. on short notice. Uh, Justin ha- Taffa versus Harry Hunsucker. Sajara Eubanks, Blissagato, Charles Jordan uh, versus Andre Yule. Andre Yule making the move up to 145, his featherweight debut in the UFC. Raquel Pennington versus Macy Chieson. Dontel Mays versus Josh Parisian. That fight ain't going long. And Jordan Levitt returns to the octagon for the third time taking on matt sales so this should be fun and by the way so how many fights is that was it 15 14 2 3 4 14 fights but 1 p.m prelims 4 p.m 4 p.m eastern main card because that's smart you do not want to go head to head with jake paul and tyron willie because no one's gonna watch it (laughs) no one's gonna watch your card gosh we had to keep reminding reminding people that, that 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 big fight is next week eh Yes, so we got a very busy week coming up. Uh, I will be actually heading to Tampa on Tuesday uh, to cover that card. I will Florida be there Mike? for fight week. Florida Mike. So I'm going to be in great spirits. Florida Mike is just a different guy. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, hopefully, maybe we re- re- record the final matchmaking hot no while in Florida, while I'm maybe in the airport waiting to, to catch the plane back home. Yes. And, and, and I'm I'm glad, Mike, we record a big one this week. Because, again, obviously, we are doing – we will do an episode next week, uh, come hell or high water. Maybe, oh, I don't it's know if happening. It'll be a little bit, yeah, I don't know if you're a little bit later than usual. But we will do an episode. But, again, we've got a fat episode this week. You know, it might take people some time to to, to, to gnaw through it. But, again, after next week, uh, we won't have another UFC card until middle of January. So we don't know yet. I don't know if we are going to do sort of, a, you know, a, 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 a free week show. We might. We don't We don't know yet. We can't. We can't confirm. I don't know if we are going to do a year-end show. Uh, we will do another prediction show because that went over okay. very, very well. Okay. okay. Um, we will do that. Um, and I think I think we owe our peeps one more AMA episode because that actually did really oh, yeah. well too. Okay. It just came out of All nowhere. Right. We're like, let's just do an AMA. And we're like, yeah, do people care? Like some people, I guess. So uh, maybe we'll <laughs> so, do that just to, just we do to get fill sent a spot. A, we do get sent a lot of questions along with the picks that we don't always read out. Um, so, uh, yeah, I guess you guys won't be – without Otno for for that long at all then i should I, I should i was trying to warn people to to you know put the put it in there nestle these Otno episodes away they might not need to yeah i'm gonna and, and i'm gonna peel back the curtain a little bit oh i'm probably gonna cheat on the prediction episode a little bit <laughs> i'm probably gonna cheat probably gonna two-part the hell out of this thing uh um, yeah <laughs> so uh to, to, just just to fill some slots you know give you some episodic Otno podcasting uh some evergreen content if you will everything in moderation mike everything yeah. in moderation because the prediction show is going to be nuts. Because we get, I have to go back through the old show to see how we did, and that was a, I mean, that was a monster of a podcast. And then we have to know. ask like a lot of similar questions, plus some new questions for 2022. So that, just just preparing that episode, uh, is going to be a beast within itself. But speaking of the beast, Derek Lewis takes on Chris Dawkins in the main event next week. So we'll see you back then to recap it all. For AK, I am Mike Heck. Thank you for listening. Always remember, don't take this stuff too seriously. MMA is supposed to be fun. We'll have fun. One more time as matchmakers for 2021 right here next week on on to the next one, the podcast. 
You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible. Eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.